on the clock. It's over. It's over. Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. Here's what it boils down to for me. A couple of things that feel pretty good to be able to say definitively. The Miami Dolphins tonight had one offensive play of any particular consequence. One. One Tyreek Hill play made it look like Miami may make this a game And aside from one play from the Dolphins' offense, this was the game we had been waiting to see if the Chiefs could still produce. It may not be all solved just yet, but things are looking pretty good right now in Kansas City as the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Miami Dolphins 26-7. We got friends in low places, we got swag surfing, we got a dominant Chiefs defensive performance, and an offense running through Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, all out of the hand of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, not, not all out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes, as uh, Isaiah Pacheco can also take the snap himself, even though sometimes that stresses me out a little bit for reasons I'm sure we can all understand, but... Whatever happens on now Monday afternoon, by the way, with the Bills and the Steelers as that game got pushed back, whatever happens in that game will determine if the Chiefs head to Buffalo or if they host uh, the uh, Houston Texans in Arrowhead Stadium. They do have a chance for another home game in this playoff run, but really the story here is what we saw from the Chiefs and in part what we didn't. We'll bring you all the action from Arrowhead as press conferences roll on. We'll eventually hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, whoever else the Chiefs bring up to the podium. This is the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. I am Joshua Briscoe. Dylan Michaels on the other side of the glass. Covell Hudson producing the effort as well. It really is about both sides of the ball doing things that we've seen at times and not seen at times. There are things that make me feel genuinely pretty significantly better about the Chiefs from an offensive perspective. And still plenty of the things that we've seen hamper them throughout the regular season. I do not think this game is making me want to punch the tickets all the way to Vegas. But also, this is a game and a performance type that is so So good to see. Even as it was certainly imperfect, the deep shots that didn't land and some of the the off a tick, if you will, elements of the Chiefs offense, those were still unfortunately present. But when the weather got brutal, and it really was one game at a time for real now, The Chiefs' defense was absolutely dominant, and the offense, for the most part, narrowed down to the players who need to be featured, ran through those guys, and the Chiefs end up putting a a reasonable 26 points up on the board, enough to end up being a blowout when you account for how good this defensive unit has been. All of that is encouraging to me. 
But the story of this Chiefs season, at least the the positive story of this Chiefs season, the hopeful story of this Chiefs season, has been about the defense. Tua Tagovailoa nearly breaks 200 yards, gets stuck just at 199, and obviously that is not even doing the Chiefs defense justice. Whole bunch of those yards came after this game was functionally over. There were a couple of stretches where it felt like the Dolphins were running for four yards a carry. Never, never sustained. Longest carry of the game was 14 yards. Tyreek Hill, 5 of 62 on the night. Obviously, these are box score numbers that are going to paint a larger picture here. Don't judge games off box scores. We all watch this. That's all good. But 5 of 62 on the night for Tyreek Hill turns into 4 for 9 when you move that 53-yarder off into a different category. And, hey, that was a heck of a play. That was Tyreek Hill doing Tyreek Hill things. It was him getting the better of all-pro slot cornerback Trent McDuffie. And aside from that, four for nine. What did you see from the Miami Dolphins offense today? I I have one word in particular that we've seen opposing offenses have to kind of shift into in the past. We saw the Dolphins do it some in Germany. And then tonight, it was honestly just as like a football lover, at times hard to watch. The Dolphins tonight, with the exception of that singular play, were horizontal. Everything the Dolphins did tonight, including when they were in sort of what should have been hurry up. I can't even call it hurry up with a straight face because it was not moving very quickly. But when the Dolphins needed points, They could not push the ball downfield. When they were behind the sticks, they could not push the ball downfield. Third and long, horizontal. First down, horizontal. Down bad late in the game, horizontal. Close game early on, horizontal. This Chiefs defense gave the Dolphins virtually no legitimate options. A Dolphins offense that is... Absolutely packed with dominant top of the NFL speed. And it never mattered. It never really got him. Tyreek Hill's speed beat McDuffie off the line in that spot. But that ball was underthrown. I mean, even then, McDuffie had a chance to make a play on the ball. And, you know, again, Tyreek Hill makes a great play. But the end result is that you're going to remember, and this is partially the story of the back half of the year for Miami, you're going to remember a toothless Miami Dolphins offense because the Chiefs just gave them absolutely no bite whatsoever. And whether it's Houston, who put up 45 points on the Browns defense today, whether it's Houston and Arrowhead or Baltimore, or excuse me, Buffalo in Buffalo. Again, those are the two ways that this could go for the Chiefs. Either way, next week we're going to be talking a lot about where this Chiefs defense can set the standard, what they can do in terms of a 
stabilizing force for a team that has has had so much inconsistency, so much instability this year. They just dominated, dominated a Dolphins offense in particular that was supposed to keep them in this game tonight. Let's flip it around real quick, then we'll start taking some calls, we'll get to the press conferences, and we'll keep chugging along here because there's a lot to talk about, but I don't even think this game is complicated. There are a lot of players we can highlight, systems that worked or didn't work on either side of the ball, but I think this game is pretty easy to break down and to understand because the Chiefs were better when either unit was on the field. Chiefs defense 100% legit. Dolphins offense does not have excuses here other than it just has all been horizontal. They've had issues in the, the back third or so of the season. Obviously, they had the AFC East, let it slip through their fingers. That's why they're playing this game in Arrowhead tonight anyway. But the Chiefs did not give the Dolphins a moment for a get-right game. If you really want to itemize it, you could probably say there were a few plays where the Dolphins had a successful play just by like success rate and stuff like that. But they had one meaningful offensive play tonight. Everything else was Chiefs defense with a win. Incredible. To the other side, man, it was nice to see Patrick Mahomes with time again. It wasn't every play, but frequently enough, it was just nice to see Patrick Mahomes back there with time to survey. Now, as has been a theme of this year, it's not as nice to watch Patrick Mahomes back there with time to survey and nowhere in particular that he seems to want to throw the football with no one being open. We had a few of those reps tonight as well. But Mahomes got to look comfortable in a pocket again. This is a little bit of a just just a seed to plant for the rest of the week and going in the next weekend and all of that. I know I'm looking ahead. I don't want to do like I'm not doing bills and Texans preview, but just for the way the Chiefs asserted themselves tonight and what's going to come next throughout the playoffs. And man, isn't it nice that we are talking about the next playoff game? Because this could have been it. The season could have ended tonight. I had the thought of what what happens with the show tonight if the Dolphins win this game. Because it would have felt like an unceremonious end to an unceremonious season. But I didn't think about that again very long after the game kicked off, if I'm being honest. But for the Chiefs offense here, with Donovan Smith in his first game back, and Juwan Taylor, who had at least one or two penalties that were legit, and the block in the back that was bull bleep, and that I we can talk about if we want. Defender was falling, he got pushed to the back, dominoed into the guy he ended up blocking, who turned his back, to, whatever. That, that penalty, I thought, was unnecessary if if we're keeping it nice and clean. But this Dolphins team was out of edge rushers. I mean, just no pass rush to speak of. So Vic Fangio dials up more pressure packages and trying to get to Mahomes with extra guys is always a bit of a catch-22. The Dolphins just didn't have a choice. I am, I guess, as has been a, a common thread this year, I am more impressed by the Chiefs' defense than the Chiefs' offense tonight. But, I don't know that the Bills have the edge rushers to, to change the offensive line's 
fortunes next week if they end up in Buffalo. Houston might, I don't know, it's not like you're going to have the Max Crosby versus Wanya Morris sort of matchup. And again, that's something we can talk about once we know when the games are set. But we talked about this some yesterday, and Thursday even, I think, in the zone. Some of the matchups that the Chiefs had in this game that were accentuated by Dolphins injuries, I felt like really offset some of the Chiefs' own struggles this year. Inconsistent tackle play, I bring you old inconsistent pass rushers. And offense with some explosive pieces on the outside, I bring you maybe the greatest duo of cornerbacks in football. I would tend to think that Trip McDuffie and LeJarrius Sneed are the best duo in football right now. Might have some arguments, but they are high on the list. The Dolphins have a lot of speed. You're playing this game in a deep freezer. And you have some athleticism in your linebacking group. Also really nice game for Nick Bolton tonight. You get that matchup that just sort of ends in Chiefs victories all across the field. Some of that will be sustainable based on the teams that they end up facing. But tonight it was obvious. And this is just a nice thing to be able to say with the confidence that I'm going to say it with. Tonight, in a playoff game, at Arrowhead, in the freezing cold, the Kansas City Chiefs were clearly the better football team. And, and, that does not come with the caveat of Well, if you take away all the self-inflicted wounds, they were the better football team. Nope. Tonight, we don't have to say that. Because while Nicole Hardman could have tracked a deep ball that would have been nice to have, he also probably should have gotten a penalty on that particular play. The Chiefs did not capitalize on every single opportunity, but they capitalized on several. They settled for more field goals than they would need to against, let's say, the Bills. Or maybe even the Texans at this point. They settled for field goals, and I, I don't love that. At at least one punt that was really frustrating. But this ends up being a game where the Chiefs just needed to keep putting a few points up on the board and they keep sitting the Dolphins' offense back down. They were able to do that while stitching together enough consistently consistency offensively through the three legitimate stars of this offense. Kelsey Rice Pacheco, whatever order you want to put him in, and that's with Kelsey's drops. But none of those drops ended up in the hands of a defensive back going the other direction. You may not be ready to put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I don't know that I'm ready to put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl right now. But you absolutely have to feel better about where this team stands right now than after so many of the incredibly familiar conversations we've had over the last several weeks of a flawed team, a team that can't get out of its own way, a team that's eventually going to get bounced because of their own mistakes. Tonight they played pretty clean football. They were the better team. They had a good offensive outing with their stars, and the defense was dominant. 
anything the Chiefs accomplish this postseason is going to be with that formula, so it was nice to see it executed tonight. Again, I don't think it's complicated, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna restate the same thing over and over. We I'll I'll take your calls and let's see where where everybody else kind of finds guys you want to shout out or parts of the game that you found interesting, positively or negatively. Again, it's not a perfect game, but man, it felt good to see a clean game where you knew the team in red was the better football team and the best playmakers on the field. The best the best individual playmaker on the field tonight was Rasheed Rice. In second place was probably Isaiah Pacheco. That feels good to say. Will they need another receiver to step up in the divisional round? Almost certainly. But this defense is exactly who we thought they were. And Rasheed Rice continues to evolve into the guy we hope he will be. That's a good place to be after one playoff game as the Chiefs beat the Dolphins, advance to the divisional round, and we all get to enjoy two games tomorrow and two games on Monday knowing that the Chiefs are going to be playing in the divisional round. Plus, a quick note, if the uh, Bills do advance, the Chiefs got a Buffalo. For all the talk about the Chiefs in, in rest timelines, the Chiefs all of a sudden would have two days extra rest on Buffalo. Something to think about. Because the, they'll now play on Monday, and the Chiefs got the Saturday slot. So, hopefully everybody was able to uh, follow along with our friends at uh, KSHB 41, because, uh, you know, adjusting to the peacocking of it all was um, probably an endeavor for some. I was, of course, just watching it on TV and here, but I'm sure there are people listening via the 810 app and on 810WHB.com uh, who uh, who may have been streaming the peacock side of it all. I saw a little bit of uh, a little bit here and there on Twitter of people having some issues, but hopefully it wasn't any sort of, like, uh, grand outing. Regardless, we're cooking out here. Not, I mean, we're inside, which is good. I've seen Mick on my TV screen. It looks like he is most likely freezing in a way that I do not envy. I imagine also by now, Arrowhead is empty, by the way, understandably. No reason to uh, to dilly-dally. But uh, if you're in your car right now listening to this show as you... Uh, just pray for the the quickest warming of your car's engine and heating uh, 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 heating system as possible. Godspeed! Congratulations on being out there for what will be a uh, a game that's fun to tell stories about once you can feel all your digits again. So uh, let's go ahead and break into the phones and see where everybody else wants to highlight as the Chiefs are victorious in the wild card round. We are talking about a Chiefs playoff victory after a season that has had so many ups and downs. And we open it up with George. George, you're on 810. How you doing? The most valuable players of this game was the long snapper and holder for Butker. Yeah. Because anything could have gone wrong there with that weather, especially with the field and that corner not being as great as it should have been. And that is something that maybe should be investigated if we do have another home game, because that's not good. Yeah, and look, the uh, the whole tarp situation pregame and everything, the the grounds crew at Arrowhead always seems to do a tremendous job. They've got the, the heating mechanisms in the in the field and everything, but I, I, I have to imagine there are uh, special challenges that come up every time it gets to, uh, to, to negative, whatever, yeah, whoever, 30 wind yeah. chill, yeah. Uh, also, so... Travis Kelsey gets one deep snap, one deep throw, doesn't quite catch it, and then they just do the short stuff to him. Yep. Why? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you need an intermediate target, and again, a lot of this game felt like it was kind of happening in that space. I think that's where this team's at its best right now, because that's that's where Rice and Kelsey can can both find their matchups and, and create some space. I just, I just, uh, I just wonder what conversation. Uh, uh, Taylor and Travis are going to have it. You blow it again! <laughs> oh, well, well. George, I appreciate you, my friend. 
Is uh, look, we got to see Taylor Swift swag surfing in uh, with friends in low places. I mean, that's that's pretty good stuff. Next up, we got Kyle. Kyle, you're on eight ten. How you doing, Kyle? Hey, I'm doing good, Josh. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I hope you stayed warm during the game. I've been balmy <laughs> this whole time. I'm doing great in here. Yeah, same here. I watched the game at my house, so uh, I didn't break the risk of the weather. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, there's three points I would like to make. One is the offensive line and the defensive line won at the line of scrimmage, and Tim Grunhardt always says, I remember against the Cincinnati Bengals, he said, I would like the Chiefs to go down and punch them in the mouth. That's exactly what the Chiefs did tonight at the line of scrimmage. The offensive line, when we ran the ball, they punched the Miami Dolphins in the mouth at the line of scrimmage and gave Isaiah Pacheco uh, some good room to run. We needed the run game to work tonight because the pass in the ball was going to be difficult. And I thought Pacheco and the offensive line did a fantastic job. I have to give credit to that. That's my first point. Second point is the is Rasheed Rice and uh, Travis Kelsey. I know Travis, Travis Kelsey had a few drops, but I'm not most I'm not concerned about that at all. I think he'll fix that, no problem. Um, but Rasheed Rice had a heck of a game, and if if we, if we didn't have Rasheed Rice out there, I, I think this is a whole different ball game. Uh, McCole Hardman, I was a little bit disappointed in him, but overall, I thought. But the main thing is is the uh, is the uh, offensive, offensive, and then defense. Uh, defense, I thought punched the Miami Dolphins one at the line of scrimmage as well, and we were getting to uh, to us. So I'll listen off the air uh, and see what you think about my the three points I made. Thank you so much, Josh, for taking my call. Kyle, I appreciate you as always, sir. Now I'm with you. That trio, Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey, huge. A little disappointing in that Hardman deep shot, absolutely. But the trenches, let's let's just take that one to another level too. Um, I absolutely agree. Again, the the Dolphins being banged up, which is part of the equation. The Dolphins were only really pressuring Mahomes when they were dialing up extra pressure, which is always a very dangerous way to live with Mahomes. And the Chiefs made him pay for that. I think that's absolutely huge. And the, the Chiefs defensively just won at every level. Trenches, middle of the field, deep. It, it, a dominant performance by the Chiefs defense. Next up, we got Gary. Gary, you're on 8 How you doing, Gary? Well, I'm I'm thawed out inside. I don't know about everybody else, but I, I think everybody that went to the game tonight, I think they deserve a bottle of vodka, a little blanket, and a bottle. Whatever, whatever you like. If you're out there tonight, you you deserve it all. Absolutely. Watching that game tonight, though, I think one guy that I think needs to get a huge shout out just over what he's done, just probably over the last few weeks. Ceh, that guy has come through when this team has needed him. Mm-hmm. He ran the ball hard. The one where he carried the guys for 12 yards, I thought that was Pacheco. But yeah. he said that was him. I about passed out. But <laughs> I think I think that's a guy that I, that I think they should lean on a little more. I mean, yeah, he had the fumble at the end, but I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner in the game from somebody with the conditions as they were. Looking at the offense, though, I don't know. You you get deeper into this, defenses get a little better. They can kind of take what you do away, especially when you have as few weapons as we do right now, but Kelsey has got to get it going. I mean, the ball's going, he looks like Kadarius Tony. the ball's going through his hands, and then the two shots to Hardman tonight, he should have had both those balls. And I don't blame Mahomes for being mad at him on that, and Mr. Penalty, Jawan Taylor had to chip in tonight. The block in the back was kind of tippy, but that defense, 
Yeah, they had the one big play to Hill, but that defense is legit because that was a healthy offense they were going against tonight. There was nobody out. I mean, and they, they shut that offense down. And you're going to need that going forward no matter who you play. But that defense, I think they showed tonight they're legit because, like I said, that was a very healthy Dolphins offense they saw tonight. But the offense, it is what it is. But defense rules the day. I'll hang up and listen. Great show, Josh. Gary, this brings me great joy to say I think I agree every, with every single thing every single thing you just said. The fact that I was saying those words honestly made it hard for me to say them all because usually if you're a regular to this show, Gary's got you know three or four things, and there's always like one that I love, one that is not my opinion, and then a couple that we kind of work on. Gary, clean game for you as well by my personal scorebook. Um, yeah, that 12-yarder that, that, that Clyde had, Wild, really legit. Like he 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 goes through the arms of David Long, trying to bring him down, and just pushes the pile, flexes at the end. Clyde edwards a power back is not something I expected, and especially like I I don't necessarily want them to draw more Clyde touches, but in a world without Jarek McKinnon on this team right now, uh, he's on IR and and doesn't like he's coming back. Matt Derrick had the the scoop on that the surgery and everything a little bit ago. Uh, Clyde needs to be able to be a part of this offense. It is a two-running-back backfield right now. They they have not gone uh, down the line to P. Ryan anymore or anything like that. I, I think that that is a very cool thing to see from Clyde. Kelsey can't be dropping the passes he was dropping. That's really frustrating. The Hardman misses, really frustrating. Juwan Taylor, the penalties that counted, or the penalties that were properly called, very frustrating. I agree. I think the block in the back was was really weak, not just that it was like barely a block in the back. Again, Taylor got pushed in the back. The the defender had turned his back to him. I just that one that is is I just think a bad a bad call looking for an excuse to call that, but whatever. Some of those drawn Taylor penalties were totally legit and you cannot argue them, but the defense is legit. As much as the Dolphins' defense was banged up, I think that can be a part of the game. And in the way that we talk about how the Chiefs' offensive line looked really good against subpar competition because of how banged up they were. But the Chiefs' defense against everything the Dolphins brought, preparing for this game when there's no reason to hold anything back. They had Hill. They had Waddle. They had A-Chan. They had Mostert. That is a dominant defensive performance. Next up, we go to Travis. Travis, you're on 810. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm nice and warm. We watched the game from the house. So I had tickets to go and decided not to. So. I think it's a reasonable choice you made. I, I agree. Um, so I'm going to be completely optimist. I called last week with the Cincinnati. I guess, yeah, no, the week before with Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I was encouraged with the offense. Man, I, I think they've played two back-to-back really good games on offense. I know they're kicking field goals, but when you really look at how the game went, I mean, like you, you pointed out, I mean, how much different does the game look if Pat's got two touchdowns yep. um, instead of the one, right? Two for she Rice. And then on the one where Kelsey drops, he's got he's got to make one guy miss, and he's probably scoring there. Both, both passes to Hardman. I mean, and this goes – I mean, I don't want to harp on the negative, but just real quick, I gotta, I gotta, I've been pissed about this all night. When you're evaluating a wide receiver – him being able to track his football should be one of the things that you look at. Yeah, I've never seen a guy that just is coming. Mean, when your quarterback is saying "look up," that is just like a massive indictment on your inability to do your job uh, as a as a pass catcher. But 
I felt good about the offense. They ran the football. I mean, outside of Juwan Taylor showing up at times, I think the, the block in the back was an egregious call. Um, should have been pass interference against Hardman. Yep. That should have kept the drive going. I mean, to be, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm not about blaming the refs for things, but the refs cost them points tonight. They didn't cost themselves points. The refs, the refs in my opinion, cost them points. And when I look ahead at either Houston or Buffalo, I mean, look at Buffalo, man. Do they really scare you? They don't scare me. How insane is it going to be if they go on the road to Buffalo and all this talk about we want to see Mahomes on the road in the playoffs and he sends Josh Allen home again in Buffalo? They can do it with his defense. Yep. Buffalo is beat up as Miami is. Uh, I don't. I think they're going to make it to the AFC Championship game. Whether whether somebody knocks Baltimore off or not, I felt really good about tonight. The team Pat was comfortable. They were pushing the ball downfield. They looked different tonight, in my opinion. So, um, I think they'll get the red zone stuff figured out. Some of it was on Andy Reid. That stupid, what was that, that, that reverse sweep thing? I don't know. Hardman so made frustrating. Five, and that was just dumb. Yeah. Like he's got to not. He's got to not do that stuff. But I don't know. I felt good, man. Like yeah. the defense is legit. I think the defense can shut down anybody. Uh, I mean, Dolphins number one offense in football, and they made them look stupid tonight. So. <laughs> Travis, I, I, I love it. I, I love it too, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm with you. I think on all that. I'll hold my uh, my prediction till I know where they're playing. But bu- Buffalo scares me in like a chaotic way, right? Of like I really don't know the highs and lows of it all. I, I would I would be happy from the Chiefs' perspective to end up having Buffalo be the matchup, just because you know that they're they're the multitudes that they uh, that, that 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 are within Josh Allen. <laughs> there's always a chance that you all of a sudden are going to, to an AFC championship game because Josh Allen had like three horrendous passes in a row. And there's a chance you're going home because Josh Allen just trucked your defense. But yeah, I, I think that matchup could be an absolute blast. I'm with you. The, the, the tracking the deep ball thing, it is really frustrating that a team with Patrick Mahomes can't find a receiver who can track a deep ball. That sucks. Um, the refs absolutely missed things tonight. That sucks. It looks very different if Mahomes has multiple passing touchdowns, I think. And, and again, that can go to the receivers and the refs, not Mahomes. Mahomes was better than his stat line tonight. Just keep that in mind when you when you see two sixty two and a touchdown. Uh, he was better than that. He he. This was a very very good night for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, from from just you know the one time watching it live. I'm excited to see you know uh, on further review, but everything you'd want to see from your franchise quarterback in a game like that. Um, and the red zone thing. That's that's what you'd pick on, right? The the red zone is is the frustrating part because if that's not a problem, this is a bloodbath. And if the red zone isn't a problem next week, whoever they play, I'm taking the Chiefs to beat whoever, which is a pretty sweet spot to be in. Um, Let me go ahead and uh, Rodney, you're up next here. If I got to cut you off, I apologize. We may just be going out to a presser, but go ahead, Rodney. Hit me real quick. So my thing about it is I I would say – I am one. I will be the first one to say I'm putting the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Let's go. And the reason I say that is the last time Lamar Jackson was had the number one seed, he lost. Yeah, like everybody wants to say, put put this whole Nacho on Mahomes. I believe it when I see it. Well, I need to see Lamar Jackson win a playoff game at the number one seed. One thing for, and I'm not scared of the Bills. The Bills are literally a coin flip. No yep. pun intended. Yeah. Because <laughs> if if Tua was efficient for two drives, they could have lost that game. 
They could have lost that game last week. And they have to go against T.J. Watt in a relentless Steelers defense, the same Steelers defense that held a very difficult running game against Baltimore. So I, I'm not giving – I'm not letting you know, the, the Bills think, oh, they could just run past the Steelers. Yeah, their offense is not, not that good. Let me see them trying to stop Najee Harris then. Their passing might not be good, but let me see them try to stop Najee Harris. But I'm not writing the, um, the Bills to beat the Steelers so easily. Now that they have another day of rest for T.J. Watt, yeah, good luck with that. So, to me, Matt Nagy survived another, another week with me <laughs> for <laughs> calling plays for Rasheed Rice. And you could tell he was calling plays for Rasheed Rice, so they were nothing but timing. Step back, throw it. I want to give credit to the entire offensive line. Even if you add the penalties on Juwan Taylor, I'm not beating up on the guy. The day saw more zero um, cover zero blitz than Mahomes ever saw in his whole entire career. Jesus Christ, man. But people need to realize Mahomes practice against Steve Spagnola. Yeah. Next guy who do a lot of blitzing every day. So, yes, he calls out the guy who's blitzing. So I give it to the offensive line for holding that up. That wind on that field was nasty. You can see the guy's jersey. How tight they are, but you can see their jerseys just waving. The deep pass, come on, Hartman, you got to look up and see that early. You're a professional, you got to see that. But the passes to Rasheed Rice, how he could turn an eight yard or a five yard pass to a 15 yard gain, he's, or he is becoming a zone beater. Buffalo runs zone. Um, Houston runs a little bit of men, but they run zone. The Ravens are a zone defense. Good luck trying to stop Rasheed Rice. I think this is a game where Travis Kelsey sit there and said, I am now the second coming guy. Mm. He passed the torch to Rasheed Rice, and that was it. Rasheed Rice is the guy. Kelsey is second, and he knows that. He know it. Noah Gray is coming up right behind him. But the torch is now to Rasheed Rice. But I need the NFL to give respect to this defense. How is LeJarrius Sneed to rank 35th in PFF rating? I don't know. 35th? I don't know. Wow. Wow. But, oh, but your, your all-pro, Pro Bowl corner in Jalen Ramsey was scared of that offensive line and scared to tackle uh, Isaiah Pacheco. But you want to try to beat up on Clyde. Okay. And still get ran over. I need the NFL to respect this defense. And that's for everyone that's on there, even Joshua Wiggles. Respect this defense for who they are. And that's a defense – to me, that could take the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. All the all Mahomes have to do is just play, be like Brady. Don't turn the ball over. Good luck stopping Rasheed Rice in the zone that everybody loves to play. Good luck stopping that. Thank good, you. Good call, Rodney. I appreciate you. I'm with you on pretty much all that. I like the vibes everybody's bringing tonight. It's a playoff victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we will hear from Rasheed Rice and George Karloff. This Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes later on in the show as well. It's a Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, Coville Hudson bringing you the action as we look ahead a little bit to divisional round action, but really celebrate the fact that the Chiefs are moving on in the NFL playoffs. It up, high intercepted. It's Mike Edwards in the back, coming up with the pick. Tango Bailoa tries to throw in the middle, and instead of a short one-yard pickup for a first down, good field position to get for KC. 
In a game dominated by the Chiefs' defense, that is our defensive play of the game, brought to you by Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence, as Kansas City's preferred fence company, has been serving the KC Metro areas for over a decade, offering security and style. Call 816-863-6159. That's 816-863-6159. Or go to slagelfence.com for your free estimate. Again, seven points to that Dolphins offense. I mean, in any form, that's impressive. But even as we've talked about the injuries on the defensive side for Miami versus where the offense ended up here, the Dolphins needed to be able to score in this game put the Chiefs on their heels offensively, make the Chiefs be the team that had to make a few things happen on the offensive side as that's been a struggle so far this year. They were not able to do it because this Chiefs defense just it honestly felt like it was never close to a offensive breakout from the Dolphins. It was literally one play. I keep mentioning that, not not to do the thing where sometimes you know it's like, well, if you take away the 45-yard run, then they only average six yards a carry or whatever, right? That's a bad example because six yards of carry is still a pretty good day at the office if you're carrying the football, but you know what I mean. Go, oh, well, take away the one play, and then the, 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 the resume looks better. I'm saying the resume is one play away from being bleeping perfect. Literally perfect. That's how good the defense was tonight against an offense, even as maybe the uh, the illusion came down a little bit later on in the year. I'll be really interested to see what, if, what this does for the Dolphins this offseason, for McDaniel, for Tua, all of that. But, man... Just a fabulous performance. And I'll tell you what, again, if the Chiefs defense plays like this next week, Houston, Buffalo, whatever, if the defense plays like that, if the offense can play a clean, functional game through Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, all, of course, captained by Patrick Mahomes, that team can win a Super Bowl. If they have two crushing turnovers... A pick six, gifting the short field to opposing offenses, that team will not win a Super Bowl. But a team that plays like this version we saw tonight absolutely can beat anybody in these playoffs because they did not do the things that cost them games this year. Got to be better in the red zone, no question. Eventually, another receiver is going to need to step up. Maybe it's one or two plays at a time. MVS had a, a chain mover. Uh, Justin Watson had one of his, you know, at this point, standard sideline diving, sliding catches. Noah Gray with a nice 20-yard gain. I think at some point you're going to need somebody to, to haul in one of those deep shots to track a ball over their head. But right now, this is, this is good stuff from this Chiefs team on both sides of the ball. Captains, not maybe not captain, but certainly succeeded on the defensive side by George Karloff. He's headed to the podium at Arrowhead. You're listening live right here to Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. Coming together, staying disciplined, so great team win. What's the big challenge for Tua? Just like you said, I mean, they got they got guys everywhere. They got all those skills. Uh, they're, it's like a track team out there, you know. Um, they got a bunch of fast guys. They got a great old line running backs. Two was great. Can make all the throws. Uh, they, they were the number one offense, you know, by all the metrics and whatnot. So they, they're challenged every every time you play them. But uh, you know, we had a good game plan going in. Specs was dialing up some stuff, so it was great. Kevin, this is the second highest scoring offense in the league. And in two games, you held them to 21 points total. Yeah. What's it say about this defense and its ability to kind of rise up to the level of the 
Yeah, we always we always talk about when, whenever you play a great offense or a team that has a great defense, you know, matching and exceeding what they're going to do. Um, but for us, it's the same game plan in terms of the, the basics every single time. Just staying disciplined and staying together. What were the biggest challenges of the conditions tonight? I didn't. I mean, it was cold, but like, <laughs> it's fine. Putting was fine. The field and it was. It was. Uh, it was like hard at some points, but it wasn't. It wasn't any crazy. Uh, Justin Reed mentioned you know, throughout the game, sometimes rushing four, other times three, sometimes even two. Just like you make Joe Yeah, I mean, Spags gonna dial stuff up to, you know, to, to let the guys eat, and you know, sometimes those I was dropping. Um, sometimes we had Chris dropping, but. So, um, you know, it was great. You know, Spags let us do what we were good at. And, uh, yeah, Coach Cullen gets us prepared all week with the rush plan, uh, getting guys in position, coaching guys up. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, great team win, just like I said. Anyone else? Thanks, George. Cool. Thanks, guys. There's George Karloftis live at Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Uh, expecting Rasheed Rice up next. So we'll stay in a holding pattern here real quick. And then uh, after Rice will begin. If you're on on hold right now, we'll uh, take your calls before we then uh, we will hear from uh, Andy Reid and then even a little bit Patrick Mahomes. But next up should be Rasheed Rice. I don't want to take a call and then have to cut you off because I am very excited, very interested to hear what Rice has to say about his game. Uh, he ends up with 130 yards on the day, eight receptions, and the touchdown. Of course, uh, even uh, some of the highlights that didn't end up counting in the stat sheet. Just a really, really excellent game for Rasheed Rice. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give him the green light, brought to you by Green Light Dispensary. A stupendous performance in the rookie's first playoff game, brought to you by Green Light Dispensary. Outstanding customer service, superior product, and continuously voted Missouri's best. Open seven days a week. Find a location near you today at greenlightdispensary.com. I tweeted this out during the game, and I think some people didn't get it. Most people did. I hope the Chiefs treat Rasheed Rice like a wide receiver too this offseason in terms of how they're building out the roster because I think letting him be the long-term secondary option in this offense, and especially if next year you're talking about, you know, I'm getting greedy and we're getting ahead of ourselves and getting offseason mode, but we're talking about Rasheed Rice. You, you give you give me Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, and Rasheed Rice next year. That's an offense I'm comfortable uh, hearing from. I'm also excited to hear from Rasheed Rice right now, live from Arrowhead. Uh, obviously, it's real cold out there, but <clears throat> as far as you know, us, you know, uh, being the Chiefs, uh, we just kind of took a different look and another step for this game. Could you tell the level of intensity, race? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Just from. When we started practice, we had a jog through, and it was not a jog through. We was going full speed, so I just kind of could tell right there. What happened with your ankle on the sideline? I'm fine. Uh, I just kind of tweaked it <clears throat> on the sideline. Uh, there's a lot of dirt over there, and the dirt's real hard from you know the cold weather right now. But it's all good. Did you just like kick down into the turf and it felt like you were concrete, or what, what happened? Uh, I'm pretty sure I, uh, my right leg got hit, and I probably just tripped myself on the play trying to get the first. Um, I would say I've progressed a lot. Uh, a lot of our offense. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, if I could have known this, you know, known this as soon as I could. But a lot of our offense, you know, goes off of man and zone defense. And as far as you know, if it's zone or man at the beginning of the play, it could change, and you'll be able to, you know, change your route in the middle of the play. What, what's the 
from the start of training camp to today, where do you think you've made the most growth that allowed you to have a game like you had tonight? Um, I would say just taking everything uh, that I'm learning in the meetings and being able to translate that onto the field in practice. That first drive you had, kind of got used to that, and made it to the weather a little bit, but then you ended up getting a touchdown. Uh, it's always through that first drive, how you get that, both the weather and the game for my um, I mean, they were in zero uh, a lot of the time. You see that uh, today, <clears throat> and uh, you know when they're zero, we know that pass might get get the ball out quick. So it's it's best for us to get open as fast as we can, and uh, you know just being able to know how to get open as fast as you can on certain routes. You know, uh, I mean that's all we had to do on that. <clears throat> so with the Cincinnati game, you guys are moving the ball. The comfort level that you guys have, you seem to be showing moving the ball down. Uh, I mean, it all starts in practice for us. Uh, we just got to take it day by day, to be honest. Uh, you know, the past, everything that happened in the, you know, the prior season, you know, before this postseason, it's all gone to us, and we're just looking forward to, you know, the next game. <laughs> you have a few rookie records for the Chiefs now, reception of the season now, yards in that playoff game. How does it feel to, you know, be able to put your name in the record books for a franchise like this in a rookie season? Uh, it feels great. Uh, I mean, I'm going out there to just get a win, you know, first of all. But, you know, everything else just comes with it. And, I mean, I look forward to keep putting my name down as much as I can in this program. Let's stay here. Rashid, have, have you ever played in the game anything like this, the conditions, the weather conditions, anything close to it? Not at all. How do you feel like you handled it? Um, just show, I mean, <clears throat> Everybody out here was playing for each other. So it was just like, uh, you know, we just put the weather to the side and knew that the team, you know, our opponents didn't want to be here, you know, out here in this cold as much as we did. And so we just took it to the chin and showed our love for the game. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he knew his helmet was cracked. He just tried to go to the next play. Uh, we was like trying to strap his helmet up and stuff. He's like, nah, just come on, get the play, get the play, get the play. You know how Pat is, but I mean, he switched out his helmet and I, he just didn't like the helmet because it was sitting on silent so long. It was super cold and it was hard inside of it. Did, uh, have you ever seen that before? A helmet crack? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Pat. I don't know how his helmet cracked or nothing like that. I got to go watch that play again for real. Is there a moment that uh, you're already uh, talking with your teammates about just about, like, man, that call was crazy from today? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, from our defensive side, uh, Snead, uh, when he jammed Tyreek Hill, that was, that was a great play for me to just be able to watch on the sideline, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> a couple more. Was it, was it on, was it on your side? Or was it, yeah. yeah, it was on our sideline, yep. So we got, you know. First class seats on that one. <laughs> and, and as well as you guys, excluding like the Chargers game, as well as you guys have been moving the ball the last the Cincinnati game and tonight, is there some frustration still in the red zone with not being able to convert more of those drives into touchdowns? Oh uh, yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> every time we get to the red zone, we, we expect ourselves, you know, to score a touchdown. Uh, obviously, you know, Harrison does a great job at you know what he has to do, you know, when we don't score down there, but. We're going to get back to practice and figure out a way to score down there because, you know, scoring touchdowns wins games. Andy's mustache was seen. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody else have <laughs> Um, 
to be honest, I didn't look at none of our O-line face. Their face would be crazier in the game. <laughs> but Coach Reed, I didn't see his mustache. <laughs> no, nah, nah, we were in game mode. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Thank you. There's Rasheed Rice. Now, listen, I wouldn't have said anything to Andy there either. Coach, you got a little something in you know, nah, I can wait. Nah, I can wait. I'll, I'll tell you at halftime. He came, Elizabeth, he came out from the half. It looked like he had, somebody got a little uh, hair dryer up in there and at least, at least got some of the moisture out. And then by the end of the game, it was frozen all over again. So uh, there is Rasheed Rice after a 130-yard performance in his first playoff action. Uh, again, to put a bow on what I was saying before, then I want to take the, everybody who's been on, on hold here, I want to clear out the board and get all you guys in real quick and then we'll take a timeout, come back and hear from Andy Reid. But, I, I hope the Chiefs treat Rasheed Rice like he is is a number two wide receiver for their future. Because Travis Kelsey, for however many more years he's going to play, and I think there's a really good chance it's still plural multiple years, I, I don't want to end up in a position where you're over-reliant on one guy. And for, for as many things as Rasheed Rice has already been good at this year, there are parts of his game in terms of just like, like long speed. The, the more the vertical stuff, which we saw a little bit in the Bengals game and, and didn't really see from him today necessarily. I want them to be able to let Rasheed Rice do the things that he is showing himself to be elite at. And then if, if he continues to grow, and man, he has grown already. If he continues to add more layers to his game, then every step of that is still wonderful. I am thrilled to have all of it. I love watching Rasheed Rice play football. I, I know that these are comparisons that are not perfect, but they've been thrown out before. But I like Dwayne Bow changed how I watched the Chiefs. That was just like the, the, the 2007 draft. I was, what, like 13? That, that draft and the Chiefs getting a wide receiver who was going to be like a guy... And then the way he played and, and everything else about Dwayne Bowe was like really important to me watching the Chiefs at that point. You see a little bit of Dwayne Bowe, you see a little bit of Sammy Watkins, and there are parts of both of those games that do not perfectly match up with Rasheed Rice. But the way that he moves with the ball in his hand and how dynamic he is, is really, really, really unique. I, I want to be greedy here after the way this season's gone. Next year, I want Travis Kelsey... In, in maybe a number two weapon role. I want to see Rasheed Rice, maybe as a number two weapon, as he continues to grow. And I want to see Mike Evans. And I want to see a tight end or a wide receiver they draft in the first or second day of the draft. I, I, I don't necessarily need the Brett Veach stereotypical complete positional overhaul because you know you have Rasheed Rice at the core of it all and Filling out the rest of that group on the back end is going to be one thing. Getting the front end of the depth chart figured out is another. I'm really excited about Rasheed Rice. And I don't want that to end up being hampered because he enters next year with the expectations of having to be a 1,500-yard receiver. Even though I do think there's a chance that he could be a guy like that. I mean, that's almost 100 yards a game, right? That's a, a big number. But a thousand yard receiver right now isn't what it used to be. I'm thrilled about Rasheed Rice's long term view. I hope the Chiefs build around him as to not leave him carrying an out an outsized amount of that workload. But that's a long view. This year, 
I want to I want to see all the Rasheed Rice that that we can handle, that he can handle, that the Chiefs can handle from here on out in these playoffs, because that I think is going to be a special special opportunity. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and take a timeout here. We had to come back a little bit early to get to the uh, the pressers and everything. So anyone who's on hold right now, I promise, stick with me. Throw one more commercial break, and we'll get uh, all four of you guys in. And then we'll hear from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes a little while after, and a lot to talk about and a lot to celebrate here as the Chiefs roll on in the playoffs. Some of the lows of this regular season feel a lot uh, a lot further in the rear view than I was thinking we may ever get to actually enjoy. The defense is dominant. Rasheed Rice looks like a superstar. And the Kansas City Chiefs are moving on. Fourth and four, Mahomes. Now going to have to make a play. And nobody does it better than him. There it is, Mike. That's the formula right there. Play within the system. Get the ball out of your hand. Throw it to your best guys. Run it to Pacheco. But in the big moments, go be Patrick Mahomes. Fourth and four. After a tackle for loss. Just a four-man rush. Nobody sees and feels the rush better than Mahomes. And he's a sneaky, good athlete. He's elusive. He's hard to beat down. What a play by that guy. Vintage Patrick. I don't know how uh, long in the past we have to go to remember what it can look like when Patrick Mahomes takes over in the playoffs, but that play was it. That's our Magic Mahomes moment brought to you by Champion Heating and Cooling. Keep your family warm this winter, and man, if you're not thinking about it right now, man, I don't know what to tell you. No other, no better time to tell you about uh, what you should do in terms of keeping your house warm. That's uh, Champion Heating and Cooling and keeping your family warm this winter with their Champion Premium Furnace. Find your local champion dealer at championhomecomfort.com. That's championhomecomfort.com. And don't forget to ask about their free 10-year parts and labor warranty. Always leading, never compromising, championhomecomfort.com. We will get to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. we got a ton of audio from the locker room. We'll begin going through all of that after we take the calls. Everybody who's been waiting online so far, appreciate everybody's patience as we talk about the Chiefs advancing into the divisional round, getting the home win over the Miami Dolphins. Dan is up next here on the show. Dan, how you doing, sir? Hey, Joshua, how you doing? How about that dominant performance by the Chiefs defense and uh, offense for Sheet Rice this playoff, uh, first playoff game, 130 yards. And that defense, uh, oh, such a shout-out tonight. Good. Yeah, Joshua's a really great performance. And uh, Red Zone will be, yeah, Red Zone Chiefs just got to work on that better. And then once they get that uh, the nail down, they're going to be real tough to beat, you know. I just got to see more from the, uh, uh, yeah, whole Hardman and Scanling, but every day, uh, yeah. Anyway, great uh, offensive and defensive performance. And, uh, Dolphins really bullied Joshua. They had a three-game lead over the Bills, and they could have, yeah, won that game at home. And they committed three turtles on Joshua and Josh Allen. So it's on them. So let's take care of the uh, Texans. Or they go to Buffalo and take care of the Bills. Take care of yourself, Joshua. Dan, appreciate all, appreciate you as always, sir. Uh, yeah, look, Hardman and MVS and trying to get them involved, get that deep shot stuff happening again would be great. But with what you saw from everything tonight, it's hard not to feel at least pretty good about where things are headed. Next up, we got Juan. Juan. You're on 810. How you doing? Good. How are you doing, Briscoe? Excellent, man. What's on your mind? Oh, man. Voice is a little gone here, so let me know if you can't hear me. But <laughs> I hey, understand. Uh, quick shout-outs here to the to the Ag League Fantasy Football and to the Kappa Kappa Ridge out of Parkville. But let's get the brass tacks here. 
the Chiefs made a concerted effort to give the ball to Rasheed Rice and also to Pacheco. If we look at the box score, I mean, it's clear as day that 20, 24 carries, 89 yards by Pacheco, a touchdown, that's phenomenal. He's your bell cow. Yes, we love Clyde. We definitely need him for a change of pace back. But, man, Pacheco is a monster. Keep beating him. Play in the playoffs, defense and running the ball wins games. Yes, we have Mahomes. Love it. At this point, Pacheco's so good. We need to keep riding that. But then look at the young players. Rasheed Rice, 12 targets, 8 receptions. Phenomenal for 130 yards and a touchdown. Potentially two touchdowns if one didn't get called back. And then, of course, vintage Kelsey, 10 targets, 7 catches. What an incredible game by the offense. We left points on the board. Yes, there were some penalties. Um, you know, our kicker, phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> this is a great game. Defense, I mean, phenomenal across the board. You got Bolton, 10 tackles. George comes up being his, uh, you know, amazing self. Overall, great game. Points were left on the board. But synopsis of the whole day was feed Pacheco, feed Rice. We get W's. Thanks again, Josh. Appreciate it, Juan. Good stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. Running the offense through those two guys and then letting Mahomes be Mahomes and then getting a little bit of that vintage Travis Kelsey. Yeah, that that is enough offensively to keep winning playoff games with how good this defense has been. Next up, we got Steve. Steve, you're on 810. How you doing, man? You. Steve, you got me? You. Yeah, hey, Steve. Hey, what up, Josh? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, brother. Hey, Lodge G, you know. Shout out to Lodge Lodge Lod G? You darn, Where we you darn right. Hey, El Bandito Tequila, Yankee. Hell yeah. Who's like a baby's butt? Hey, how about everybody's talking about everything? I hear nothing about Pat. It looked like the old Pat to me. Yeah. Uh, making plays when it wasn't there, get rid of it. And keeping it himself, we needed to. Little Mahomes magic. You know, you just heard yeah. it. Yes, for sure, Josh. I mean, that's what we needed. How is uh, how is Arrowhead out there? How, Pat how being Pat. Up? Pat being Pat. That's what we needed. And, and look, he, he gave it to you today, a little playoff Pat as well. So shout out to all y'all out there uh, in the tailgate because uh, I have to imagine you, you were fighting the elements today. So good effort out there today, Steve. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Shout out to all you guys out there. I, I like it when I can hear the, uh, the the back and forth from the duo there. That's how that's how I know La J. And I, it sounds like you said La J, but I know that's the La J crew right there uh, being well represented. A little tequila sponsorship reference listen, as well. That's a little, that's a plug. That's that's right up Stu's alley. I mean, listen, I I can't uh, I can't enjoy any of that right now. But uh, I will enjoy. I mean, the first thing I'm gonna do when I get home is enjoy sleeping, most likely. But uh, whatever it takes to stay warm, little internal warmth there. And I'm not talking about the hand warmers. Uh, go ahead and close us out here, Chandler. You're our closer today. Go ahead and hit us with it. Hey, Josh. First of all, uh, happy semi-annual. The Chiefs won a Tyreek trade day. Um, <laughs> it's a great, great day. Um, I want to talk about the offense, keep that rolling a little bit. It seems like the first six or seven games of the season, all the national talking heads, all the Chiefs fans around town, they were talking about, like, when is this team, when is this offense going to find that next year? And that kind of died down after the bye week when we realized the team is what the team is. I think they have another gear, man. Um, they... They, like they said, like we've all talked about, um, they they dialed it down to run the offense through Kelsey, Rice, and Pacheco. And in structure, for the first time all season, really, they were working it to MVS and Watson and Noah Gray, those secondary tier of targets in structure. And it was awesome to see. I, there are, what, uh, a Kelsey drop, a, a couple 80-20 plays that the 20 side won to McColl where – 
this could have been a you know forty-two to seven game. Yeah. Uh, leave it to leave it to Andy to to dial up the you know the best offensive game we've seen in a couple months. Um, with that, if you need me, I will be upstairs at Kelly's Westport Inn. Uh, shout out and good night. Uh, I will not see you out there most likely, but I hope somebody does. Shout out Chandler and everybody out there uh, at Kelly's. That'll be a, a good time if you uh, are looking for a place to get warm. Again, you, you find that warm from the inside. Pizza? That's what I was thinking, too. Oh, my gosh. Just I was thinking. Just hot pizza right now is I what would, I'm thinking of. I, I would do some horrendous Tastes things. way better at, like, 1 o'clock for some reason. <sighs> well, Dylan, is this your is this your way of asking? Cause a little, uh, fine, I'll go out after the show if you insist. I probably, I probably won't. I feel great right now, though. It's nice and warm and cozy in the studio. And it's a good point, Chandler. The secondary options in structure is a good point. I take notes when people call because I like to try to keep track of what everybody's talking about and make because a lot of you guys, you know, it's, it's always really nice to make sure that we're covering the right stuff. And also, sometimes you'll mention things that I gotta, I gotta write those little nug, I gotta take those little nuggies from you sometimes. Write those little nuggies down. And that's a great point. Because I said earlier, I still think that some of those plays, you call them 80-20, maybe they're 60-40, maybe they're 50-50, I don't know. It depends on who you're throwing it to. But you get those secondary options a little bit more consistently. Just a little bit. I'm not asking for, like, four bombs to MVS every game. But, like, one of those guys gives you a big play each game, and one of those guys gives you, like, a, a, a solid effort, and you run it through... Rice, Kelsey, Pacheco. That offense can do enough when this defense is as good as it is. It's all right there. And, and look, we'll, we'll see next week. I'm getting, no, here, now listen to me get two games ahead. Are you ready, everybody? I'm going to get two games ahead of myself. We'll see when Baltimore plays whoever they play next week, if they look like they're going to be the team to beat in the AFC legitimately or is it all going to be really, really fine margins? I don't know. But one thing that's been true about this Chiefs team pretty much all year, and it just took us a little longer to learn it than maybe it should have, because they lost week one, obviously. This team can lose to pretty much anybody by beating themselves. And with just a couple of really positive performances that are that are not huge outliers... And with the outlier of just don't, just don't start shooting yourself in the foot three or four times in this game. If you can take those self-inflicted wounds away, this team can absolutely beat anybody. And that's what's exciting about the playoffs. You get here, it's all in front of you, and yeah, if they have to go to Buffalo next week, if they play clean football, you get a couple of big plays from the stars, and then you get the, 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 secondary pass-catching options to step up in structure like Chandler mentions there. Yeah, of course I can talk myself into that. I'm not going to have to work very hard at all to talk myself into that. You give me the high-flying Texans at Arrowhead, I can talk myself into that. You're going to go to the up-and-down Bills in Buffalo? Yeah, of course. I'm here. I'm ready. I want to see it. And we talked about this yesterday in the zone. Jason was asking, you know, what's what's disappointing or what's sufficient in terms of looking at the, the long view of the Chiefs in the playoffs. We all agreed losing this game would have been really disappointing. I'm adding that losing this game, I think, would have changed the way we talked about this team all offseason. It would have been dark out here. It would have been bleak. I think if they lose next week, it's still going to be lowercase d disappointing. Not blow it all up, don't trust anybody disappointing, but at least a little bit of a bummer. 
You win next week in an AFC Championship game in Baltimore, whatever. If it's, upsets happen, fine. You get into you get into one game sample sizes. Wacky stuff can happen when you have the chaotic energy that the Chiefs have, that the Bills have, that the Texans might end up having. And I don't I don't want to try to predict three games at a time because you say, well, they got to win these, they got to win three games in a row, four games in a row. They do, but you can't play them all at once. And even with all the variance, with all the uncertainty, this team in a one-game sample size with some real offensive weapons that are that are separating themselves from the pack and a dialed-in Patrick Mahomes and a little bit of a healthier Travis Kelsey and this defense that is just simply damn good. Yeah, I'm... I'm not going to try to talk myself out of this playoff, this team being a legitimate threat to go all the way. They could also lose to anybody next week. Whoever it could be, could be anybody. Doesn't matter. A few mistakes, they're going home. A few performances like this one, they're going to Vegas. Welcome to the playoffs, baby. It's exactly, exactly this chaotic. We'll hear from the head man himself, Andy Reid, next in Sports Radio 810 WHP Postgame Show. Number 11, Mahomes. Running across. Race brings it into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. What an opening drive. Mike, when you pull back and watch this Kansas City Chiefs offense, it's about number 15. It's about number 87 and number 10. And this guy right here... Rashi Rice, the rookie out of SMU, he's been the most reliable outside receiver for them, and he shows it right there. He just running the drag route across the field. Miami screws up the coverage. Mahomes is on time. Rashi Rice catches it and finishes it. What a drive for the Chiefs. A tremendous rookie season rolls on for Rashi Rice. The Chiefs would not be in the position they are right now without him. And about him making huge plays in his first year in the NFL and now in his first playoff game in the NFL. That's our play of the game brought to you by the Central Bank of the Midwest. At Central Bank of the Midwest, every customer is a first-round draft pick. Central Bank of the Midwest, strong roots, endless possibilities. Member FDIC. We will go from the team's number one wide receiver to the team's head coach because it's about time to hear from Andy Reid. He's brought to you by Westlake Hardware. Westlake Commercial, a division of Westlake Ace Hardware, is your local business-to-business supply partner. Their commercial team, dedicated business-to-business website, credit terms, and convenient store locations make it easy. Visit your local Westlake Ace Hardware store or westlakehardware.com slash commercial today. We'll start from the top here with Andy Reid, his opening statement after the playoff win and talking about some of the injuries the Chiefs suffered tonight. All right. Um, uh, uh, thank you to the fans and the great job that they did, along with the, the grounds crew of uh, cleaning things up and uh, making that field playable. And uh, it was, They did a great job. Uh, Ask go off to, the, to our team for the job that they did and, and really – for the Dolphins, I thought um, they they came out and, and bared with all the the weather. It's a little bit different than down in Miami, and uh, um, I thought both teams handled that pretty well. But, um, 
and then uh, a bunch of things, but our defense with uh, uh, the third down ratio uh, was incredible uh, in the job that they did. Um, you know, one for 12 on third downs. That's, a, that's quite, a, quite a stat there. And then there are a bunch of individual efforts. Offensively, uh, I'd start with the offensive line. Defensively, I'd start with the defensive line. And then there were good individual efforts in there, uh, whether it was George with a couple sacks that he had, Chris Jones, and uh, those guys brought all their their mad money with them. Um, and then, and then uh, um, Leo on, on special teams did a did a great job. I think he, he was getting used to it on the second return and was feeling himself a little bit. But he did a nice job there on the kickoff returns. Uh, Rice for his day, uh, I mean, it's hard to believe that he's a rookie, um, but eight catches for 130 yards. Um, that's tremendous. Pacheco, 23 carries uh, for 82 yards. Bucker kicking a ball that was like a rock out there. Um, and the great job that he, he did. Um, Bolton, another one with all those tackles. That, that he had and the, the biggest part he's doing this with one one hand I mean he's got cast on his other hand and, and uh, he was um, you know at the same time he's leading that defense and making sure everybody's going in the right directions uh, Pat uh, had a had a nice day just right from the get-go I mean I don't think they're anticipating us throwing the ball quite as much as we did but uh, we were able to come out and and sling it. a lot of quarterbacks can't do that um, what he did in that kind of weather. So, anyways, uh, Kelsey, I mean, the list goes on. So it was one of those good days. And um, my head goes off again to the Dolphins. Uh, uh, you know, the, the head coach, the coordinators, uh, they've, they've really done a nice job down there. Uh, a lot to go through in terms of the positives there and well-learned. You hear Andy Reid in a little bit of a better mood there tonight, which is also nice to hear as the Chiefs move on. The uh, the jovial Andy Reid postgame opening statement is a, a nice alternative to uh, the way that some of these games have been going. Next up here from Andy Reid, you'll get a few questions about, uh, you know, Mahomes cracking his helmet and uh, all of that. But first, asked about when he knew that Rasheed Rice was going to be a real part of this offense. Um, well, we were we were hoping that, that he was as good as what we saw at SMU, and and uh, I, I'll tell you the best part about him is he just keeps working. I mean, he's he's relentless with that, and <clears throat> he's got a good relationship. He's got Pat's respect, and um, and he's he wants to do it the right way. Uh, I know how many times I've stood up in front of you and go, "We're this close with him." Uh, he's getting better every week, and. Uh, yeah. So I, I think we've seen that the last four four games, five games. Andy, with Patrick's, uh, Patrick's run, the, the, the play we got hit and the token helmet came off, is that a bit of a rarity to see? And, and would you rather see him slide or you're good with him trying to make Yeah, that was a tough one because he, he, um, he was going to get the first down, right? So, And then they missed a tackle. Then he got kind of caught in the washing machine. And... Um, and once you go, now you're just survival right there. <laughs> you got all those defensive guys, so you bear down on it and try to score. And is it a little bit sort of testament to his will to win that that's, that's how he's going to do it? Yeah, I don't think, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us in here have any question about that. About it. Just his will to win is uh, ridiculous. So, I mean, he's, he's a great competitor. 
He certainly is. And look, I mean, talking about Rasheed Rice there as well, just figuring out what he was going to be and uh, the, all the helmet stuff and Mahomes being Mahomes is all fun. But I think Rasheed Rice is is going to determine to a very outsized stay, uh, level as a rookie. He's going to determine a lot of things, how far this offense goes. And right now that makes me feel good, not terrified, that a rookie receiver is going to end up being not not determining what this offense can be, but because that's still Mahomes first and then probably Travis Kelsey second. But it's really, really hard for me to imagine what this offense would have ever looked like without Rasheed Rice this year and the fact that he's been as good as he has and also that we all got collectively as nervous as we did when he went down on the sideline. Dude's been unreal. Next up here from Andy Reid, first question is about Steve Spagnuolo's game plan and what that did to Tua Tungavailoa tonight. Yeah, listen, I, I thought Steve had an unbelievable plan. I thought the guys executed it well. <clears throat> that's not an easy defense to, to learn, and, um, and that's why when I tell you about Bolton, being able to get everybody lined up and ready to go and, and the front end and back end, uh, he, he does great with that. But um, they've got a great connection between them, so Bolton's like a coach out there, and Drew was able to come in and pick that up too, and and when Bolton's out, he, he jumps in and does the same thing. But Spags is he's a great mind. As a, he does a heck of a job with his guys. I'll tell you the same thing on the on the offensive side. I thought uh, Nags had a had a great plan. Uh, the guys executed it. I thought Andy Heck's group, you know, really did a good job. As did Joe's on the defensive line. And that's you get in the playoffs. I mean, that's where. It's kind of where it starts, so you got to make sure that you're you're sound there. How about specifically the job of defense on Tyreek? Yeah, listen, Tyreek's a great player. I mean, a great player. And um, you saw the one catch he had. Um, so I, I but I, you don't see Tyreek get knocked down very often. But Snead did that, and I have a hard time believing there's another corner as good as him uh, in this league. Uh, he's really playing well and challenging. And you've got McDuffie on the other side who is doing the same thing. I mean, you know, he's playing great football. So um, as is the secondary. So, I mean, David's done a nice job with that group. Yeah. Secondary was stupendous tonight. Again, I, I know this is the uh, the fed horse I'm feeding. It's a real deep Easter egg. You just... If you get it, you get it. Uh, but but the, the thing that I will restate and underline until it's absolutely redundant, and, and you've heard me say it a thousand times, the Chiefs got got once tonight defensively. And Trent McDuffie got got once tonight by Tyreek Hill. We can go back. We'd have to like count up the, the score if we're going to do like boxing scoring on the Germany game and tonight for how many times Tyreek Hill beat the Chiefs, not obviously his team, but I mean, like he as a player, how many times did he do something to the Chiefs defense that really mattered in that moment? Happened one time tonight. This defense is great, and I love that that's just a thing we can talk about factually because it's been a blast all year. One more, uh, one more series of uh, of questions to Andy Reid. Uh, first, about not knowing who their opponent's going to be coming up next, kind of what that means for the preparation, and then a question about his frozen mustache. Yeah. Well, you look at a couple different teams. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> we'll, we'll find a way to make it work, you know, but the rest is good. Good for the guys. Andy, I know you were able to make it mind over matter about the weather, but it looked like you had to deal with some icicles and the mustache. Um, you, you just, just say, bring it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the worst thing that could happen is it falls off, right? So. <laughs> good? All right, good. All right, Thanks. Thank yep. The uh, the the number of Andy Reid sort of items to caricature continue to grow here. The mustache, iconic, but now uh, the icicle version of the mustache. I know we're a long ways away from having to come up with the new Halloween costumes or whatever, but he had the uh, fogged up. Fogged up mask during COVID, the icicles in the mustache tonight, and uh, just one of many ways that you can go ahead and uh, dress up as Andy Reid, whatever that uh, the, 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 the celebration may be for. You got options, and hopefully the celebrations will continue deep into January and maybe even into early February again for the Chiefs this year. It looks good right now as they advance beyond the Miami Dolphins. We'll take a timeout, come back and hear from Patrick Mahomes next on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Postgame Show. Absolutely love how this Kansas City Chiefs offense has evolved over the course of this season and how they're playing this game, featuring certain players. But Andy Reid loved these kinds of plays down the red zone, hallmark plays for him over the last number of years. Pacheco executing it, finishing the drive. It was a little scary for me watching it in real time, but the Miami Dolphins defense wanted nothing to do with Isaiah Pacheco right there. That is our sweet play of the game, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by Andy's Frozen Custard, grab an 87 concrete, and help Travis's 87 and running foundation with every purchase. Do good while eating deliciousness. Andy's, top your day with a smile. It really was a spectacular performance from Isaiah Pacheco today. He helped make the life of Patrick Mahomes a little bit easier. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes in just a moment. The quarterback press conference is brought to you by Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. You can uh, get a worry-free money-back guarantee on new vehicles when you buy from Brogdon. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. That's Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC and Olathe Kia. Let's start from the top here with number 15. He went through a, a few questions in this clip. You'll hear about Rasheed Rice, the Dolphins' defense, and all of that. But first, a little bit of an investigation into what happened with Patrick Mahomes' helmet. When it cracked on him, he was asked if he's ever had anything like that happen to him before. I have not. I'm sure it had to do with it being really cold. Um, but, yeah, I, I knew – I didn't know what happened at the, in the moment, but I got in the huddle and everybody was telling me. And I was like, I – I got y'all, but I'm not coming out the game. So we can figure out on the sideline. So I was hoping we scored. Obviously, we didn't end up getting in the end zone. But, uh, yeah, it was a first for me. Whose helmet came in? It wasn't a backup that just happened to be out there. They, they have a backup that's out there. We got to talk about where, where we store the backup because it was, like, frozen. So, like, when I tried to put it when I tried to put it on, it was completely frozen. I couldn't get it on. I don't know if anyone got a picture. 
picture of it. It didn't look great. Um, but uh, we were able to adjust it on the sideline, get it kind of warmed up a little bit, um, and uh, get, get rolling from there. Yeah, I mean, they, they did. They brought a lot of pressure. Um, I wish I would have been able to make some of those throws. We had some guys kind of uh, running free downfield. I missed a couple of them. But other than that, I thought the guys accepted the challenge. Um, we were able to throw the ball. We were able to run the ball against some of those pressures. I thought the O-line did a great job. Um, and, uh, I mean, we had that mentality all week is we're going to go out there and play football. Uh, we know it's cold, um, but we're going to go out there and play football and see what happens. How important has Rasheed become as an outlet? Yeah, I mean, he's doing great, man. Um, he's getting better and better every single week. Um, some of those guys hit that rookie wall, and it seems like he just kind of pushed right through it, and he's just continued to get better and better. And um, He's a great player. He has that right mentality. Um, he comes to work every single day, um, and he made a lot, of, a lot of great plays for us today that helped us win the football game. I mean, he's been absolutely massive for this offense, and seeing him come through that way in this game today is just huge for the continuing process of what Rasheed Rice has meant to this team. Uh, next up, you'll uh, you'll hear Patrick Mahomes talk about handling the blitz and everything that the uh, the Chiefs de- that's handling the blitz for the Chiefs offense. And first, here about what the Chiefs defense did to make it tough on that Dolphins offensive unit. Yeah, no, I, I talked about it, I think, in training camp. I was like, I really would not want to play our defense um, because it's not just I mean, not just – I mean, we have great players. We have great players all around every single level. You have players, you have depth, guys rotate in, um, can do it all. Um, and then you have Spags in this scheme, and there's been, all the guys are so well coached in the scheme that they use it to their advantage. And you don't never know where they're at. I mean, Sneak can play inside-outside. I mean, Duffy can play inside-outside. All the linebackers can, can guard and can make tackles. Um, and it's hard to get a beat on what they're doing. And so that's why I knew in training camp. I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to play those guys because that would be tough. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that they might blitz a little bit. I mean, they did a little bit against Buffalo, um, against Josh a little bit. So I try to have the answers for every single play. Um, for the most part, I thought I did. I, even though if I didn't hit it, I was going to the right spot and on time, trying to give guy, our guys chances to make plays. Um, but, um, I mean, obviously it was more than we expected. Um, I think it had to do with our offensive line was blocking so well when they weren't blitzing. So they had to bring some pressure to kind of get some pressure on me and get the ball to my hand. Um, I thought guys accepted the challenge well. Obviously, we gotta we got to continue to get better in the red zone. We're getting down there, um, but we got to get in the end zone. Um, if that's running, throwing, whatever that is. But other than that, I thought we played a pretty good game offensively. Um, but we got to continue to get better and better as the playoffs go. And again, with the, the state of the Dolphins' pass rush, with them just being absolutely ravaged by injuries, and look, I think the Chiefs beat the Dolphins at full health tonight, but with with it being as brutal as it has been for that, that Dolphins defensive end position so far, they had to bring pressure artificially in some way because they just weren't going to win with Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston and Emmanuel Ogba. I mean, and, and Ogba is like clearly the guy of that group who's actually like, I was I almost said still in the prime of his career, and that's not accurate. But he's not where Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston are right now, and I've loved watching both of those guys over the course of their careers. It's just about at the end for them. So they, they had to get creative, and the Chiefs handled it really well. Here, you'll hear Mahomes first up here, asked about not getting sacked in this game and how the protection held up. I'll go ahead and hazard a guess that he's going to be pretty complimentary of what that O-line did. Yeah, they did a great job. They did a, like a tremendous job. I mean, when you, when you have those extra guys, and they're able to kind of block one but get a hand on another guy to give me time to throw the ball down the field. Um, that takes kind of chemistry together. That takes guys just being accountable uh, to one another. Um, and then the running backs did a good step up making their blocks and protection as well. And so 
Um, whenever there was four-man rushes, they did a really good job of protecting against Wilkins and, and, and 92 in there. And so, um, and then whenever they did bring the pressures, they did a good job giving me enough time to throw the ball down the field, and we hit some, and, we, and obviously I want to hit more, but uh, we were able to score some points. Yeah, they did a good job. We were expecting pressure. We were expecting some type of man coverage. They played zone. Um, it covered it really well. But, I mean, offensive line blocked for a long time, gave me that window. I was able to run. Obviously, I was going for the first down, and then I uh, got down the sideline and got us into the red zone. So, I was, I was, I was just happy Coach Reed, he, he was confident in us to do that. After I kind of made a not a great read on the play before, I could have handed it off. I was trying to be like Pen, uh, uh, Penix, but I, I, we, we, we stole that play from him, and uh, it worked for them, and I, I pitched it, and the corner was out there. So uh, he, he's better than me at that. So I got to make sure I, I ask him next time what the read is on that and how he's able to read that. Yeah, and we, we, we saw the play and thought it was sweet, um, but obviously the corner stayed a little bit further out against us, and I, I still pitched it, so it's not great. But we, we made it work on fourth down, and we were able to kind of continue to get the drive going. A little collegiate inspiration there uh, with uh, Michael Penix in Washington, I suppose. That's kind of that's kind of fun there. And again, overall, the the offensive line giving Mahomes time to work is a wonderful thing to see again. And when you have this, the pass catchers being able to step up in some circumstances, you see where this offense, where like the idea behind this offense this year, kind of finally coming to fruition. It's just taken a long time to get here here in the first week of the playoffs. But I digress. Next up, uh, Mahomes starts here by talking about the conditions and how those affected the offense, aside from, you know, Andy Reid's frozen mustache and his cracked helmet. Yeah, I mean, it was windy. Uh, I think he saw some of the throws downfield that kind of carried more or didn't carry enough. And I thought the guys did a great job of getting themselves open. Um, I mean, it was it was cold. I'm not, not going to lie. It was, it was cold. But I think at the end of the day, you got to just be mentally tough enough to just say that it's not going to affect how we play. It's not going to affect my effort. If something doesn't work. I'm going to come back next time and keep firing. Um, and it wasn't going to be like we were going to just run the football. We ran the football well, but at the same time, you got to throw the football in order to have success in this league. And I take that as a, a challenge to be able to go out there and throw whenever teams are playing that aggressive coverage. A couple more. I'm supposed to hand it off. I, I, you hand it off. I mean, they, they had guys in there. There's a chance, a better chance than what we had. Uh, you, you, I'm kind of reading that that corner slash end man on the line and – I just I knew he was off, but I was hoping because they had brought the cover zero type pressure that maybe he would kind of squeeze a little bit tighter, and he didn't. He made a great play. Um, but uh, we were able to get the first one next time, so it worked out. I, I was able to run and make up for my own mistake. Patrick, you change your approach with the way that your defense is playing right now, particularly in the postseason? I mean, you have to. Um, I think I, I learned that this year. You, I mean, when it's not there, you got to be able to throw it underneath and, and punt the ball, flip the field, um, and not be frustrated with it. Um, I have that mentality where I want to score every single time. I played in the Big 12. I want to score every single time. Um, but when your defense is playing like that, you have to find what's the best way to win the football game. And if that's punting the ball, flipping the field, um, letting them get a stop for us, and then and then scoring the next drive, that's what you got to do. That's really interesting, too, because that's been such a part of the conversation here in terms of what is there to to handle differently, and, and we might unpack that a little more. I want to let you hear the last thing from Mahomes. Uh, talked about the, the opportunity maybe to slide on the play that ended up with his uh, cracked helmet. You can hear the, the question in the back and forth here is Mahomes ends on a lighter note. On the cracked helmet run, you, you had the first, I think, already, um, and I guess could have slid it, but you didn't what can you go through what what you saw and yeah I was trying to, I was trying to get in there uh, I was trying to get in that end zone a young Pat would have got in I'm getting a little old like Tennessee I would have spun you know got up in there but I, I got squared up and got my helmet cracked but uh 
I try not to do it too much, but it's playoff time. You gotta, sometimes you got to put it on the line and try to get in the end zone to win football games. This is the time to do it. Hopefully, uh, you know we're we're all uh, glad that he didn't have to, you know, do any deal with any other uh, implications of a pretty head-to-head hit there. But the helmet cracks. He uh, goes down a little short of the goal line, and the Chiefs are victorious. You're listening to Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, and Covell Hudson with you here tonight. We'll take a timeout, come back, and begin to hear from the locker room. Plus, we'll hear from Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest at some point during the course of the evening as. As well, the Chiefs beat the Dolphins, advancing to the divisional round, and we got two games tomorrow, two games on Monday to enjoy. Well, the Chiefs wait—they have the privilege of waiting and watching to see who they'll face next weekend. The best part is, we all get to do it indoors. the 27-yard line. They beat the Blitz for 30 yards. The Blitz has been pretty successful for Miami, generating some pressure, but they bring in a third and 11, and Patrick has been all over. Every time it comes, he's got a great answer for it. It's all out. It's man-to-man across the board, and throw it to that guy one more time. I love how he's reaching and extending and plucking the ball out of the air. It's minus 7 degrees. This is a rookie from SMU. Mahomes staring down the gun barrel, throwing a strike. Rice has been awfully impressive. Big play for the Chiefs. He's been so impressive. He's been a mandatory part of this offense. And as you heard them breaking down there, it's just a really hard way to live trying to slow down Patrick Mahomes. The Dolphins didn't really have any options. I think what the Chiefs did offensively in this game to the Dolphins' defense is one thing, and there is joy and encouragement and excitement to be had there. What the Chiefs' defense did today I still think ends up being the biggest possible story because this was not a Dolphins' offense that was as beaten and battered and toothless as the defense seemed at times. And uh, You know what? Let me go ahead and... Let me read you a stat real quick. In fact, this stat's actually going to be a really nice segue into the next portion of the show because I know how the next person feels about this player. NFL Next Gen Stats tweeted out, Jarius Sneed allowed just two receptions for 20 yards on eight targets in the Chiefs' wildcard victory over Miami. Four tight windows. Across two matchups this season, Sneed allowed a single reception on eight combined targets to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, look, if he wanted to be a pro bowler, he should have allowed zero receptions. I don't know. I mean, I saw Jalen Ramsey. Excuse me. I saw pro bowler Jalen Ramsey out there today. Not maybe being the most excitable fella on earth when it comes to tackling Isaiah Pacheco or Rasheed Rice or whoever. I don't know. Just uh, just a thought that maybe that spot coulda, shoulda, woulda gone to Legereus Sneed. But instead, Legereus Sneed, not an all-pro, not a pro bowler, and arguably the best corner in football this year. Arguably, but certainly nothing arguable about him being top five and uh, unfortunate that he did not get the uh, the accolades that he so richly deserved. 
But that's not a problem we have with our friend Matt Derrick because we always give him the accolades he deserves. He's brought to you by Cap One Lending. The Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending is the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time and gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. And for Matt Derrick, go to ChiefsDigest.com. Plus, the 41 is the Mike podcast with Matt and Nick Jacobs. Matt, how are you right now, just purely from the perspective of a man who probably still had a pretty pretty chilly uh, process in the press box today? How are the elements for you? Well, I'm not going to lie, Josh, because I am pretty soft, <laughs> and, and the toughest part of my day was walking in from the car to the elevator. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I did have to wait in line outside for the metal detector behind the, a camera crew, so... That added probably another, you know, minute and a half to my time outside. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was that. That's that's a that's that's a first world problem. The other the other first world problem I had at one time today was that um, the 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 catering area for the food in the press box was out of hot chocolate. Oh wow! Did you yeah. did you have to have some strong words with some folks? Oh no! I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a nice guy, so I was just <laughs> like, "Hey, is there any, any chance, you know, that there's going to be some more hot chocolate coming?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're making it up now." And I was like, whew, whew. "So that was the roughest part of my day. It was nothing like, you know, the people who have their frozen and hands frozen and their their drinks frozen in the stands and they have their helmets frozen on the field that are cracking in two. I mean." My my day, Josh, nothing but first world problems, and I'm thankful for that. What was the uh, the craziest thing you witnessed in terms of the elements today, um, aside from Mahomes' helmet? I saw a lot of frozen beers. I saw a lot of uh, cardboard, a lot of bundling layers and everything. But uh, what what was the ambiance like at Arrowhead? And then also, what what was the turnout like? How did uh, how did the Arrowhead faithful equip themselves in absolutely frigid temperatures? As I, as I as I said on uh, on social media, I mean, I was this was an understandably late arriving crowd. Yeah, because it was. I remember looking at like, and I took a photo. At, I think at like six fifty five. So we're talking about maybe fifteen minutes until kickoff, and there was still a line as far as the eye could see on westbound I seventy hmm. um, heading towards the stadium. So this was a late arriving crowd, and I don't blame anybody for that because I would not have gotten here any more than a minute before I needed to hmm. um, for this game. Um, but it was pretty impressive. I mean, uh, I, I thought that it was a relatively full stadium. I'm sure there were a couple of no shows, and that's understandable too. Um, but it was a loud group. I mean, obviously the, the players and Andy Reid talked about that, singled it out. So that was a, that was a big factor. And sometimes when it's cold, we know crowds can be more quiet because everybody's got their mittens on and they've got their cardboard and everything's a little muted. But I, it didn't feel very muted tonight. I mean, it was it was a pretty lively crowd for the most part. Um, I. I think you've mentioned a lot of the things, so I think the only thing you didn't mention that I heard after the locker room was definitely um, Trey Smith after the game, like half an hour later, um, talking about, Matt, my hands, my fingers are still frozen. (laughs) I still can't feel my fingers. Half an hour after the fact. Yeah, I believe him. I believe him. I I went outside yesterday for a stupid bit uh, to to call in and do a weather report here, and I was outside for like five minutes, and I was inside for a while before I felt like my uh, my digits were, were were fully functional again. So um, I'm glad to hear about the crowd holding its its own there. It, it seemed like via TV that it was a pretty good crowd and pretty good volume, but I wouldn't wouldn't blame anybody for uh, maybe not not having the volume today. But it didn't seem like that was a problem. Uh, 
there's a lot of fun little stories from this game tonight uh, that I will uh, I'll, I'll pick the ones that you don't pick up first. But I always like to know what you kind of think is the lead from a given game. What what is the story tonight through your uh, journalistic goggles? I mean, I, I think I, I, maybe we, I should be paying more attention to the offense because it was a pretty good performance by them after you know some ragged performances throughout the season, and this was not necessarily a complete performance because I think they still have room to improve. Um, but, I mean, obviously the execution was there, but defensively, I mean, this was just another masterpiece to me. I mean, um, you can any of the accolades that you give me, you can give Legereus Sneed because he deserves them more than I do. Um, that dude, I mean, I, I think he really set the tone from the very beginning. He played very physical game. Um, what he did when he, whether it was, whether it was Tyreek or Jalen Waddle and, and, and what he did to Tyreek on that one play is just putting him into the ground and keeping him there. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, that's straight out of the Bill Belichick game plan of how you play Tyreek Hill. Just get in his face and play physical. And, and Legereus really set the tone for that. Um, and I think everybody else kind of fed off of that. Um, I think the Dolphins most successful play of the night was the just two underthrow. Yep. And they hit it a couple of times. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if there's something wrong with Tua. I don't know if he was just getting the ball too high, and therefore it was getting in that swirling wind of Arrowhead, because I didn't think that Mahomes had as much trouble with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Mahomes is also keeping the ball a little bit lower, which you kind of have to do. Um, but that was really impressive to me. But I, I think the other thing it was just on the offensive side was Rasheed Rice. I mean, the performance that he had, if this team is going to make a deep run in the playoffs, I don't think there's any doubt. Rasheed Rice is going to have to be a big part of it. And, you know, this was step one in that direction. Um, he may have had a couple of really veteran plays tonight as far as just making himself open and available to his quarterback. He's getting better and better at reading zone defenses. And even after the game, talking about how that, you know, now he's getting a better grasp of, you know, how to choose the right options when he's, you know, whether it's man or zone that he's facing and, and making the right choices with his routes and everything. Um, I mean, that's something that I mean, we're seeing people who are two, three, four years in this offense, you know, don't master. And Rasheed Rice seems to already be getting it down as a rookie. That's amazing. And, and like I said, I mean, if the Chiefs are going to make a deep run in the playoffs, Rasheed Rice is going to have to be a big part of it. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in the Rasheed Rice conversation because I do want to have that one. But let, let's go back to the defense because I, I am maintaining at this point that the Chiefs' defense got got one time tonight, and it was as you alluded to on a to a tongue of Iloa underthrow. I mean, McDuffie got beat and then ends up also being being flagged for DPI on Tyreek Hill, but he catches it and houses it anyway. This isn't an instance where it's like, oh, you know, take away that one play and they actually, you know, they take away that 40-yard run and they only average three and a half yards carry. I am saying that there was one play tonight where the Dolphins offense did legitimate damage. One. And and that's unbelievable because for all of the injuries on the defensive side, this was a relatively, at least semi-healthy, given the circumstances, a semi-healthy Dolphins offense with Hill, Waddle, Mostert, Achan, all of those guys. This is a proof of concept. This is Mike McDaniel in a game that you absolutely have to have, win or go home, to his playoff debut. Like Everything here needed the Dolphins to bring real offense to this game. And they they got one, and it was just Tyreek Hill being Tyreek Hill. That that is hard for me to like do anything other than just obsess about for the entirety of the show tonight. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna raise you one there and say that that one play that they got got 
there was not only maybe one guy on the field that could have made that play, but yep. maybe one guy in the league yep. who could have made that play. And it just so happened that it was thrown to Tyreek. And, uh, I mean, he's the best ball tracker in the league. Um, I mean, we saw probably a very similar throw to McCole Hardman, a, a better throw to McCole Hardman, and, mm-hmm. and McCole didn't make the catch. Mm-hmm. And the same part of the field. But, you know, and, and, and Tyreek's the one that talked about it. I mean, and the, and the stats actually back it up. Catching ball, catching deep balls at Arrowhead at night is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And Tyreek is, has more experience with that than almost anybody else in the league, and he's better at those plays than anybody else. If that ball had gone to Jalen Waddle or somebody else, I'm not even sure it gets completed. Um, not even sure that, you know, pass interference becomes a factor. That's only, that, I think that play only worked because it went to Tyreek. Yep, I, I completely agree. And man, what a testament that is to, to this defense tonight. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if we need to also maybe give a mention to Chris Jones and George Karloftis. If they're, it's, it's, it, Nick Bolton had the best game that he's had in a while and he did it with one hand. The, the defense at all levels, the, the trenches, the Chiefs won. Middle of the field, the Chiefs won. Deep, the Chiefs, we, I don't, I'm not talking about Justin Reed tonight. Because I didn't have to hear his name called very often tonight. Because the ball wasn't getting downfield very often. I, I just I don't think that there's a place to even nitpick defensively. No, I, you really can't. I mean, when your only plus touchdown and score that you give up is on a kind of a fluke busted play, I mean, what are you going to nitpick? I mean, yeah. you know, was there a, a, a run, a big run that got broken off that that gave Miami some uh, breath? No, no, I mean. There wasn't. I mean, there wasn't really anything there. I mean, they had a you know a couple of plays that bailed them out and kind of got a couple of drives going and everything. But I mean, what was their longest drive? I mean, even that even that touchdown that they had was bailed out a little bit because you know Harrison Butker had to deal with the wind going that direction, kicking, and that's a that's another conversation that we could have. And yeah. I know that you you saw my rant on, on yes. social media about the fact that kicking left to right on your TV and kicking to the southeast part of the stadium tonight was absolutely a minefield. I still don't know how Harrison Butker got a, a, a touchback on that one kick. I'm going to have to go back and watch that and figure it out because, I mean, at, at halftime, Jason Sanders and Harrison Butker were going out there and trying to hit field goals from 45 and 46 yards, and they were leaving them short. I mean, that's how bad that wind was blowing in that direction. And so, yeah, I mean, you had to kind of do some pooches and line drives and weird things, and, and one of them gives the Dolphins a short field, and bing, bang, boom, two plays later, they get a fluky touchdown. But other than that, I mean, I'm trying to find it on the page here. What was the Dolphins' longest drive of the night? I mean, that 62-yard drive was the one. That was the longest one. And then they had a 58-yard drive. After that, 33, 28, 27. Twenty one, seventeen, nine, eight, six. I mean, yeah, that's some stifling defense. I mean, when your longest drive of the day is sixty two yards and it was weighted by a fifty three yard fluke play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not not a bad effort. Um, the Chiefs, but, the Chiefs had one, two, three, four drives longer than the Dolphins' longest drive. That's incredible. 
Yeah. With, with were the places both of these teams were at the midway point this season, where they were just even a couple of weeks ago. Again, I mean, the Dolphins' slide has been ongoing, but still, that's remarkable. Uh, we're talking to Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, uh, brought to you by Cap One Lending. Uh, back to Rasheed Rice, Matt. I this this is a, a tremendous rookie season for him, capped off with a tremendous playoff debut for him. Eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Really should have been two. What what? hasn't been said yet about what Rasheed Rice has meant to this team, because I'm a thousand percent with you. He he has to be, I mean, 1A or 1B, I think, in this offense down the, the rest of this playoff run for this for this team to keep chugging with him and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco. The, the entire offense was running through those three guys with cameos from everybody else, but it, it was Rice, Pacheco, Kelsey tonight. Yeah, and and you know what I I don't do this very often, Josh. I mean, so this is this is a pretty big deal when I say this. I mean, I, I the first time I ever did it was was for Chris Jones, and and I've done it a few times since then. I think I I, I think I probably did it for Nick Bolton because you know Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton. Um, I know there's been a couple of other guys that are escaping my mind right now, but um, I don't do this very often. But I'm just saying, buy a Rasheed Rice jersey if you like the Chiefs because yeah. he's going to be here for a while. He's going to be a good great player and he's not going to embarrass you uh i mean this is i mean by all accounts just a really good young guy um you know and on 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 top of all that i mean he's just he's just humble he's modest i mean he's not a a talker maybe he'll become that and everything and you know but right now he's not a diva wide receiver i mean he's just a simple down-to-earth hard-working smart guy and, I mean, there's so much to like about him. Obviously, he came out of college, I think, a lot more developed than people gave him credit for. And the Chiefs identified that, and they figured it out. Um, but his maturity and growth this year, I mean, has a bit – whether rookies who had – receivers who had better years, sure. Is there anybody that I would bet on being the better player down the road than Rasheed Rice? I'm not sure. Because just how this guy has matured for a, in a very tough season for the Chiefs to become – I mean, it, I think it's easy, you know, for a guy like, say, Puka Nakua, you know, to be, which is a name I always you know, terribly mispronounce, by the way. But I think it's easier, you know, when you got a Cooper Cop, you got somebody else who's, you know, there that's you know, getting all the attention. Well, she writes has pretty much had to be the guy this year. Yep. I mean, I know he's got Travis Kelsey and all, but, I mean, as that receiver group, he has really truly had to become the leader of it. And to do that as a rookie is just absolutely amazing. Last thing for you, what was it like in the locker room there today? Uh, what was kind of the, the energy, aside from being cold and uh, Trey Smith's fingers not fully being warmed up, but what was it like in the locker room after a playoff win that was certainly never guaranteed for this team, but also a team that still wants to, to keep winning? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it certainly to me, I mean, obviously it was pretty loose, pretty relaxed. Uh, not jubilant necessarily. I mean, it was happy. You know, it, it, there was definitely – Anything that you, you asked about definitely got directed to just, hey, happy this was a win. You know, any, anything that you really were, was asking anybody, it really kind of circled around to that. Um, but I also think that, you know, there, I, I'll give it to them. I think that this group does look like a switch has flipped. And that was a big question I had. You know, we kind of talked about it on Friday. Um, you know, was, was this team capable? Did it have that extra gear that it could flip into? When the postseason starts, you know, normally I expect to see that December 1st, and we didn't see that this year. Um, but there did seem to be a focus tonight. There did seem to be a level of execution that we haven't seen from this team. Now, is that simply 
Dolphins fueled? I don't know. I mean, you know, the Dolphins, you know, like you mentioned, have been kind of a slide. I'm not sure they're the same team that they were early in the season. And obviously they have a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the football. So maybe you could even say that the Chiefs should have had a better night offensively and certainly a better night in the red zone. But uh, at the same time, there was a, I think, like I said, I mean, there was a level of execution and sharpness with this team that I haven't seen in a while, especially on the offensive side. The defensive side, we've seen it. But even on the defensive side, I mean, this was a level that I think they dialed it up even more. So I'm really interested to see what happens next week, whether it's they're going to Buffalo or whether they're hosting Houston. I, I think they got a pretty good chance because I don't think that defense is going to slump. I think the defense will keep them in any game. And if the offense can come out and have a, another strong start like they did tonight, if, defense, if offense comes out and gives the defense a lead, I don't think it's giving it up in the postseason. I agree completely, which is dangerous because I, uh, I've I've been mentally preparing to pick against this team when necessary, and I didn't have to do it coming into this game. And right now, I, I can already feel my resolve weakening for uh, for next week because this defense is real, and seeing the offense have the success that it did tonight's really exciting. So uh, win, lose, or uh, of course not draw because it's a playoff game. We'll talk to you again next week, Matt, and preview it with you Friday in the zone. Stay warm, get home safely, and uh, as as warmly as possible. And uh, thank you for your service out there in the frozen tundra tonight. Well, thank you, Josh. And if I can feel my fingers when I get home, I will consider it a victory. I feel that way every day, you know, no matter what no matter what month of the year. I just like to try to get that, uh, that circulation going. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Take care, Josh. You know, Matt's using those fingers to type up great journalism just for you at ChiefsDigest.com. Uh, no fingers necessary for 41 is the Mike podcast. Uh, that's all brought to you. Well, Matt Derrick's appearance in the postgame show is brought to you by Cap One Lending and the Freedom Loan at Cap One Lending. Check them out at CapOneLending.com. We'll take a timeout, come back with our locker room report, and hear some more of the jubilation, or at least the feeling, the vibe, and the conversations around a very cold Chiefs locker room. That's next year on 810. Turns the way through the game. Dolphins sit on seven points. If he's out, Tua in trouble. Carlotis for the second time tonight. And Chris Jones there as well. Pressure, pressure, more pressure. Miami loves to get to empty. They motion to empty, and that's a trigger. We see Drew Tranquil coming off the left-hand side from Tua. Turn Armstead has no choice. He has to come down and block the guy closest to the quarterback. That frees up Carlotis. Pressure on one side, pressure on the other side. Another sack of Tua. Now it's third long. The Chiefs defense and right there, the pass rush of George Karloftis and Chris Jones combining created an ugly problem for the Miami Dolphins. That's our ugly play of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. Owning a house can be a problem, an ugly problem, just like that. Repairs, taxes, mowing the yard, let We Buy Ugly Houses be the solution. Call 1-800-44-BUYER or go to WeBuyUglyHouses.com. Let's go ahead and hop on in to the locker room after the game. We had our own Todd Lebo and Stephen St. John out there slinging audio, asking questions, and bringing us the sound bites we need to hear from Arrowhead. And uh, we'll get some guys from both sides of the football. We already heard from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, 
um, Rasheed Rice and George Karloftis as they all went to the podium. And as always, if you miss any of the show, we will uh, podcast the whole thing up on the Sports Radio 810 WHB podcast pages at 810WHB.com, the 810 mobile app, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll, we'll have the postgame show up there after we complete it. We'll go ahead and start with the man in the middle as Chris Jones spoke to the media from the locker room in Arrowhead. Let's go ahead and hear from Chris Jones. How proud are you guys to hold that number one office in the League of Seven? Shout out to um, Coach Magnolia. <laughs> Shout out to Coach, man. Had an excellent scheme. We executed well. Played physical. Played fast. Uh, it was detailed. How, how was that weather for a kid to miss it? Cool. Same thing it was always from you. Was it cold for you? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what, what was the biggest challenge from a mental perspective of dealing with the elements? The cold. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what you want me to say? It was cold, dog. It was cold. I bet so Justin said he, uh, that they didn't want y'all complaining about the cold. So I mean. No, it was it's more so of a mind thing, a mentality. We knew it was going to be cold throughout the week. We practiced in it. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing, coach. I'm just playing. Um, yeah, we practicing it throughout the week. We knew it was going to be brutal. And um, we was able to excel in it. Did you feel your opponent as the game wore out and they seemed worn out? Did you feel them getting worn out by the cold weather? I mean, it can take its effect. Uh, I just felt like we, we got to play. We got to continue to hone in because they can score at any moment. What, what was working specifically for you guys on third down stopping that? I just think um, being detailed, not giving up anything over the top. They beat us one time over the top early in the game with Tyreek on the fade route. And I think we eliminated the big plays and forced them to take the small short throws. How, how a message for Tyreek? No. How critical was it to stop the run? Because they've got so much speed, everybody's so worried about it, but they also have carved up teams on the ground. So which was a bigger deal for you guys? I think it was more so stopping the run. You know, you make them one-dimensional, throw the ball. I think we got guys that can get after it. That's good. Okay, Chris. All right, there's Chris Jones, and uh, certainly proud of everything that the defense accomplished there, but he's talking about the run game. That is that is something that I expected to be at least part of the, the game plan, and maybe the Dolphins being down, you know, at the half and everything that had to – really try to throw the ball, but so much of the passing game was horizontal and the running game wasn't getting anywhere. I mean, it's just overall a a really excellent performance by the Chiefs defense. But we'll go to the offensive side now as Isaiah Pacheco ends the game with 24 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. Here's what RB1 had to say in the locker room after the game. And it's been uh, fun. Uh, say when you're having fun, uh, you can go out there and execute. Uh, you, good things will happen. And, uh, today, um, that this will happen. Did you have fun playing in the cold? Absolutely. You know, that's what it's all about, uh, having fun. And when you're out there, you know what I'm saying, eliminating distractions. Uh, the cold could be a distraction, but you had to eliminate that. Scoring on that first drive, setting the tone, how important was that in the game of today? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, for us, um, that's what it's always about, um, getting on the board. And for, that, that keeps us rolling. So anytime we've we got a guy that's getting in there, uh, is, is, is all team uh, celebration. Kind of similar to what you guys did against Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. Moving the ball, not as successful in the red zone, but uh, still moving the ball. How's it feel to kind of have that offense going in that direction? Oh, it feels great when you got guys just working hard, picking one another up. And you, you know you feel that team, you know that team bond. You got guys fighting for, for the moment. 
What do you see out there from the defense? Because they've really held their own too, I think. Uh, defense is always standing on business. So I know that you guys are – it starts with practice, like I said. And when, we, when we're out there, uh, you can tell when, who's going to get a hand on the ball or who's going to make a big stop or, uh, or, 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 or interception. So because they've been hitting their hands on the ball the whole practice, and that's what happened out there tonight. You have to wait a, uh, another day to find out who you're playing next week after they postpone that Buffalo game. Is, there, is it uh, disappointing or uh, frustrating? You have to wait a little bit longer to find out who you're playing? No, it, everything is cool. Uh, most importantly, was, was was focusing on us today, and that's what we did. And now it's time to, to get this, this little rest for this day and get back to work at practice and get in the script. Isaiah, when did you realize your guys were going to be good with these conditions? You guys were going to play well. Um, it's the, the mentality, the mindset of being out there during this week of uh, you know seeing the conditions and just playing hard. And you could tell from the beginning of practice. The tempo was uh, fast, and that's what we needed, and that's uh, you can tell that's what, what was going on. Did you feel like? Oh, it's it's too cold out there. The visor are fogging up. You got frostbite all on it. I'm like, jeez, I can't even like the windshield wiper. I'm like, I ain't got no wiper, so I ain't got to take it off. I don't know if you saw it, but the hole in Mahomes' helmet, and then Andy Reid's frozen mustache. What do you think about those? Oh my gosh, it was legendary. I, think, I ain't never seen nothing like it, but. Hey, it, it comes with the game, man. Those are the moments you live for. Just to be clear, which is legendary? Mustache or <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Cracked helmet, then the mustache, frozen. If I had a little bit of... I, no, mine was going to be frozen. <laughs> Did you feel like the weather affected them tonight? Um, hey, it's football. Uh, I don't think it affects uh, anyone. Uh, when you're prepared, proper, proper preparation for his poor performance. So when you're prepared, you know, you're going out there, is going out there as a team. Uh, just leave it all out there. What do you feel like you learned in the regular season that allowed you to show up and dominate this playoff game like this? Uh, like I said, just looking at those leaders that, that, that's that been leading this team uh, from the start and just finding your way and, and, and bringing uh, a part to the table. And that's something that I find in, in Rashid. He's just keep uh, listening and keep working hard and just keep following. Did anyone have to request swag surfing tonight, or did it just, was it in hey, the key ready thing, for you guys? That thing came on, <laughs> and it was a good time, a good moment we was waiting for. <laughs> Thanks, Pop. There you go, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, from the locker room and uh, part of the offense that really kept things moving tonight. Back on the defensive side, I want to make sure we hear from both of the corners. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from Legereus Sneed and, in a second, but we'll go Trent McDuffie uh, up first here. Both of these guys had tremendous games tonight. Again, McDuffie has the one play that goes against him, the one negative play of the def- the one meaningful negative play for the Chiefs defense was uh, was McDuffie in the crosshairs, and then he has an absolutely excellent play later on. And again, just really quality the whole way through. But I am curious uh, how McDuffie talks about getting got by Tyreek Hill on the play that we were talking about with Matt Derrick. And I'm interested in him talking about how the defense succeeded everywhere around that. It's just, again, I know I've said it a thousand times, but it was remarkable to me that the, the Chiefs defense basically threw a one-hitter. Like, it, it was no-hit baseball. And then you get you get one little seeing eye single that's annoying, and it's just a fast dude jogging it out to first. Like, ah, oh, that you know, what a disappointing way to to, to lose a, a a perfect game. In this case, for the Chiefs, you'll you'll take a seven point performance from the Miami Dolphins. But what a uh, what a tremendous outing for for that unit altogether. So we'll continue. And we'll also uh, hear from Nick Bolton before we get out of here tonight. As well, but let's go ahead and uh, hear from uh, from Trent McDuffie from the Chiefs locker room a little bit earlier tonight. How much of that is mindset? 
I think a big part of it is mindset. I feel like once you get it here now, um, the athleticism, the physical play, like everything physically wise um, is all even. So it all goes back to the mental. I think Coach Reed, um, Coach Bags do a good job at just honing in on the mental part of it, the details. Um, because we know any little mistake can be win or loss in this. Goes 264 yards, probably 70 late. And you guys are playing soft. I mean, playing, playing yeah. off. Um, I ain't going to throw the sticks back on. Is it late? Justin earlier said, again, about the whole weather. It's mindset, but it's also playing together. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about playing together and everything. Yeah, that chemistry. Um, I think that's been the biggest thing that this defense has been able to do throughout the year is trust each other and know where each other going to be. Um, I said this even this offseason. Like, this was a special defense. I thought we were going to be able to do some great things. Just with the guys that we have in this room, everybody is um, truly just works each and every day. Doesn't make excuses, holds each other accountable, and the team like that, I feel like you can do great things. It's your second year. Have you seen the difference in playoff Pat? <laughs> I know playoff Pat now. Definitely. Tell me about him. Uh, man, just turn the tape on. I ain't got to say much. Y'all already know. Yeah, fair enough. We we have seen it. And, again, just great stuff from uh, from McDuffie today as well. But the uh, – so McDuffie – makes the all-pro team as a slot corner. It's the first year with a slot corner specifically uh, in the lineup, which I think makes a lot of sense. It lets you highlight a specific position that, that has really evolved over the last several years where you have guys that, um, look, McDuffie's good on the outside also, but that slot, the, the nickel uh, position, the, the slot position, has evolved because you have different types of, of kind of hybrid players playing that spot. McDuffie's doing it in a tremendous way. He's a deserving All-Pro there. That's great. But Legarius Sneed should be an All-Pro and a Pro Bowler. There's no argument to me. And Jalen Ramsey specifically, who if you saw on the other side of the field today, you mostly saw him making some, some I don't want to say business decisions. I'll say some contact decisions. And, and overall, just not having anything resembling the year Sneed had, even even if he wanted to cut out the fact that, that Ramsey missed a number of games earlier this year. Whatever. Uh, Legereus Sneed should be an all-pro. He should be a pro bowler. He is unfortunately neither this year due to absolutely no fault of his own. But I want to hear from him because uh, he, he deserves to put his voice on what this uh, Chiefs defense accomplished tonight. So here's Legereus Sneed. LJ, a lot of guys I've heard say today this is one of the coldest games they've ever played in. What do you say about that? Uh, I agree. One of my coldest games, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, complimentary football today is what a lot of guys are saying as well. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, mean, I feel like man, we went out there to get the plays. Yeah. Us as a defense, and the offense did what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Now, the, the Dolphins are one of those teams where um, they, they are a finesse type team. Is, what, what do you think about them just being that finesse and you know, trying you know, to know how to stop a finesse team? Yeah. Punch it straight in the mouth. <laughs> is that what you felt? Was, exactly was that the game plan? Thank you, Missouri. Thank you. One more question. There's a play you might have been already asked about this, but you get particularly physical with Tyreek and drove him to the ground. He got pissed off afterwards. Just take me through that and how important it is to be physical with him at the line of scrimmage when you're going up against him. Oh, you know, man, it's just in my game. I like to get a people hit, and you know, the guys know it. And shit, it was a hell of a jam I got on him, and he didn't like it. 
Yeah, could you tell that affected him and maybe you were starting to get he was starting to get frustrated? Oh yeah, you know, it's cold out there, you know, that's part of it too. And those guys were ready for that. Could you could you could you tell the cold weather was affecting them? Yeah, I could tell. They had their hands in the pocket the whole entire game. Yeah. So I knew we had them. How did it feel to you compared to what you expected? Oh man, you know, it was cold out there. But you know, see mental. A lot of people feel like you should have been a pro bowler. How important is it to go out there in the playoffs and show people that you are a pro bowler? Oh man, reporter? you know, God knows. Mm-hmm. God says how it looks low. You know, I'm a pro in his eyes. You know, I just got to keep working and doing what I do. Thank you. Yep. There's Legarius Sneed. Listen, if you're listening over the radio right now, you might have thought, oh, that's weird. There's some weird spots where the audio just, like, didn't come through. I'll, uh, I'll, get, a, I'll get a bleep. You can, hear it. you can hear it on Monday, all right? You can hear it your first thing Monday on The Zone. I'll tell Jason to play it. Clean version. Nothing, uh, like, it's like 1 a.m. here, and uh, Legarius Sneed has, uh, you know, shucks a couple of times uh and he deserved it he you know if anybody if anybody earned a couple of uh we're gonna be in the podcast as is you know if you're listening on the stream it's just as is over the air you didn't hear sorry but actually pretty good stuff there from uh from the jerry acido getting into the head of tyree kill and uh our own steven st john and they're asking the questions that needed to be asked great game for who should have been an all pro should have been a pro bowler instead maybe he just won another super bowl i'm sure he'd be happy with that as well Last bit of locker room audio for you today, also from the defensive side, as Nick Bolton had a really nice game tonight. He was all over the place. In fact, uh, let's see what he ended up with. I don't I do not do much looking at the stat lines for uh, defensive players in the box score, but uh, Nick Bolton ends up with 10 total tackles tonight, 5 solo, 1 for a loss. George Karloft is ultimately credited with a sack and a half, and Chris Jones gets half a sack. Uh, but Nick Bolton, in the middle of so much defensively, here's what he had to say after the game in the locker room. Uh, we came in and said we want to be more physical than them and uh, uh, get hands on the wideouts and stop the run. Uh, I was trying to force them to get in third and longs, and that will be uh, to our favor. So I think we kind of found a way to do that uh, throughout the game. The first time we played them, it was the first half. Uh, we were able to do that, and then this game, uh, it was full 60 minutes. There was a lot made about their success or lack of success in cold weather games, stuff like that. But was there ever a time where you could feel like they were kind of, their spirit was a little broken? Nah, I don't really think so. I think those guys are just pros. Uh, Tariq, those guys, the guys been accustomed to playing here. Mel played here last year or two years ago. Um, so those guys kind of understand what the elements are here and able to get their guys uh, kind of ready to go. Uh, again, I think it's just a, a, we came out, we executed the game plan. Uh, we did what we wanted to do. Uh, we'll coach basketball game throughout the week, man, and in our corners. I let them go to work and I D-line did the rest. You said being physical was an emphasis. Who was that from? Why was that an emphasis? Yeah, man, Coach Spags uh, was an emphasis, uh, em- emphasis uh, emphasizes that uh, throughout the week. Um, yeah, I think we play a fast team, a finesse team like they are. Uh, you got to make sure in rhythm and timing, I got to be able to knock that off a little bit, and that's where physicality comes in. I think you mentioned the speed and everything. They presented all the eye candy in this direction. How yeah. are you guys able to do that even better than what you did in Germany when you played? Yeah, man, I think it's being locked in on your, on your eyes, keys, and alignments and assignments, uh, uh, keeping your eyes where they have to be, um, letting the secondary take care of the back end guys. we got guys that can run with those guys uh, with all the speed that they have. And so just having faith and uh, having trust in our teammates to do their job, uh, we can lock in and do ours. As the game progressed, did you just kind of embrace the cold? Because it's just, you know, smirking so well, it seemed like the Dolphins was just a little more defeated as the game wear it on. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think it's just honing in on our assignments and alignments and the keys and uh, doing that for the whole game. Uh, I think that's our mindset. We have to do it for 60 minutes. Uh, we've had times we started off slow uh, and picked it up in the back half where we had started off good, kind of lulled in the middle, then find a way to get it in the fourth quarter. Uh, we just kind of want to do that for 60 minutes, man, and just play great football. Have you ever had a chunk come off your helmet? 
I, did like, I? Like, Pat, have you ever had a chunk come off? Oh no, like no, Pat, no, no, no! I, I didn't even know he had a chunk come off his helmet. I saw him change helmets, uh, but I didn't know know why. But, Pretty yeah. big piece of it came out like right here. Oh right? yeah, I'd never seen that before. Did you? Uh, what was the cold like for you mentally to get through the cold and just go out there and battle? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, let the elements be the elements. Uh, the only thing you can control what you can control, and that's going out there uh, for me is communicate. I get guys lined up and just play, uh, play football at a fast rate. Oh, sorry. What's, what's the coldest game you played in before? Tonight? This one. This. I yeah. mean, before tonight. Uh, I think we played Georgia. At Georgia, my last year there. Uh, I think we might have been 15 degrees uh, home. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty cold. What is the a lot colder than that? Though, right? hmm? What did the defense prove tonight? Uh, the LJ should be a uh, pro bowler. That's pretty good dismount there from Nick Bolton. What did the defense prove tonight? That LJ should have been a pro bowler. Uh, impossible to disagree with that. Also impossible to disagree with the work that our men, uh, Stephen St. John and Todd Lebo did there in the locker room report, or in the locker room, and that brings us our locker room report presented by Twin Peaks. The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top-shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29-degree man-sized drafts at Twin Peaks. We've heard from the locker room, we've heard from the podium, we've heard from Matt Derrick, we've heard from you. The Chiefs did something that I was not as confident we'd see them do as I've been every single past year of the Patrick Mahomes experience. They won a playoff game. Now, the standards in Kansas City are obviously much higher than they were before Patrick Mahomes got to town. Winning Super Bowls, plural, will do that to things like your standards. What we saw from the Chiefs tonight, I think, is a formula. It's not a blueprint. It's not a guarantee. It's not a lock, but it's a formula. You saw perfect drives to start the game from both sides of the ball for the Chiefs. You saw some miscues and some mistakes, but overall, the defense did something borderline immaculate. Not quite perfect, but pretty damn close. The offense wasn't perfect. They're going to still need a little more from some of their supporting cast. What the Chiefs offense did tonight was highlight the guys that need to be the stars. That's Patrick Mahomes taking, well, almost every snap. It's Isaiah Pacheco being a force of nature and a relative easy button for the Chiefs offense. It's Travis Kelsey looking like the version of Travis Kelsey that we've seen for so much of his time here in Kansas City. And maybe the biggest takeaway for me tonight, it's Rasheed Rice being able to access everything that his potential brings. This version of the Chiefs that we saw against the Miami Dolphins could beat anybody. We've seen them lose to anybody in this regular season. But right now, enjoy the optimism like you'll enjoy the space heater you find when you get home. Great work out there in Arrowhead, Chiefs fans. Thanks for joining us on the Sports Radio 810 WHV Postgame Show. Bye, Mom!